Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 294, and welcome to Sad Shane. Yeah. That intro is increasingly inaccurate. <laughs> How is it inaccurate that I'm sad, Matt? Oh no, I mean the uh, the opening credits. Oh, you mean our actual show open? Yeah. Unless I drive around the block before you get here. Yeah, because it's all it's set in a studio <laughs> that we had two studios yeah. ago. Although there is a scene, some scene set here in that open. Yeah, there's some in my so living room. we've come full circle. <laughs> I just don't get in my car. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wondering why Shane is sad, it's because I just found out, literally five minutes before we went live, that uh, Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever the F it ends up being called, was just delayed out of the year into early next year. The first pick on my fantasy team this year that I thought for sure, after drafting it at least mm-hmm. one other time, maybe twice, that it was coming this year. Yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty sure, but like, I, like when that last direct when they put Xenoblade in the in September and they put Pokemon in November. Remember, I said I'm like, oh, it doesn't look good for Zelda, and sure enough, what the hell? I, are- I think they're holding it for the next system. What the hell are they doing over there, Kyle? I think it's done. I think it's feature complete at the very least. I think they're just holding it for the next system. It's a huge, much, much bigger sales. They, they've learned that. Launch with a Zelda game and you're big. You're huge. Ugh. Tail, tail end uh, a generation with a Zelda game and you get about half the sales. I have... <laughs> We've never had like a season be over before March. But that's yeah. pretty much what's just happened. Like, our Fantasy League is pretty much done. Yeah, because you've lost that in Suicide Squad. Yeah. And uh, So now I need both my alternates. And one of my alternates got a four. Yeah, Babylon's Fall was, was It was a misfire. Metacritic of four. And I've lost one, I guess not officially, but Baldur's Gate 3 is not coming out this year. Yes. Um, it's not hitting 1.0, anyway. Um, so and both of my alternates did okay. 80-ish. So... Yeah, I don't know. You're going to need something catastrophic. I did to happen to one of my like like Lego Star Wars is going to have to magically drop to next year in the next five days. So, like, which I'm not ruling out. That could happen. It I don't trust happen. that game. Uh, I'm not going to trust that game till the till I hit start on the credit screen on the on the title it's screen. It's just insane. We've been doing this now. How long has our fantasy league been going? Eight years now? Seven years? Because we did yeah. it before we even really launched Sifted yeah, the first year. Was the first year and. Every year, I tell myself, okay, this year, I am going to be so conservative. My number one goal is to just make sure I get all 10 games. And it never happens. Well, like I said, something you, always happens. Like I said, you can't let Zelda go. Like, you can't, like, you can't, if you have a chance in the draft ah! to get a Zelda game and there's a decent chance it's coming this year, and I think there was a decent chance to believe it was coming this year, after all this time and the announcement of a 2022 release date. Uh, not a date, but a re- you know they said 2022. Um, I think it's re- like you can't just let me have Zelda. Like that, it was a reasonable pick, but that that was that's the risk with Nintendo, especially. What the hell are they doing? I mean, I, don't, I like I said, I think the game's basically done. I think they're just holding it for for sales purposes. I think fina- it's a financial choice. Because um, <sighs> look, man, all you got to do is make Breath of the Wild again, put and put nine dungeons in it. Then you're done. Like that's it, well, that's it, all I need from Breath of the Wild. Well, maybe a bigger job since there were no dungeons in the first Breath of the Wild. No, so they should they should have saved up some ideas since then because they <laughs> haven't made a Zelda with dungeons since. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's been a Skyward long time. Sword. When was the last Zelda yeah. game before that? Yeah, that would be it, I guess. Yeah, because Breath of the Wild was the sequel, direct sequel to that. Yeah. Anyway, 
as you can tell, the big news of the day is that Zelda's been delayed into 2023. Spring 2023, is that what they're saying? That's what they said spring, yeah. Everyone's assuming I'll that... see you in spring 2024, Zelda. <laughs> Everyone's assuming that that is now the release date for the next Nintendo console. Do you agree with that? It. No. I think it's. I think the next Nintendo console is at the earliest end of next year. Probably begin. I think they're going to stick to a March release because it works so well for the Switch. Uh, and I think that's when you're going to see Zelda. Mm. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do a tail end release of Zelda at this point. the The launch for Breath of the Wild was so good and so inextricably tied to that to the system. Like, I don't know. Like, just. I mean, I know it's frustrating, and everybody wants to play it now, and da da da. It's probably frustrating for Aonuma and the team as well. But it's like, if I'm running finances at Nintendo, I'm like, we are going to make way more money if we launch this with the system and make it backwards compatible with the previous Switch. So is this what's going to happen with Zelda from now on? We're going to get one Zelda per console generation, and then the Maybe. second one like laps over with the next one. Maybe. I mean, I don't think it should be that difficult to do like a Majora's Mask style kind of asset reuse game mm-hmm. that's small you know Majora's Mask was not as ambitious as uh, yeah it was Ocarina. much smaller it, they made yeah. it pretty pretty fast mm-hmm. um had you know, a unique had angle a bunch of different it. weird ideas it was a diff- very different game it wasn't just like we're gonna you know it wasn't like Mario the Lost Levels and we're gonna dump like a bunch of new you know things we didn't put in. so I, I think you could do that but like I think Breath of the Wild I've always maintained that Breath of the Wild 1 felt like a tech demo for an overworld and an actual Zelda game and mm-hmm. not a full Zelda game because of the lack of dungeons like a story like all like that like a content like really. a progress really in it mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah I think that's what happened there is, uh, is now I think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be amazing I think it's going to be like the, the Zelda game you imagined when you played Breath of the Wild and was like oh this would be great if it had the stuff that I want out of a Zelda game in it the crazy thing too about Breath of the Wild is it hasn't really had the legs that some of the other Switch games have had. Mm-hmm. Like, it hasn't stayed in the charts like Mario Kart has. No, well, I think it's because it's such a, it was such an early adopter thing. I mean, everybody got with with at launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still sold amazing. It still sold really well, but, you know, it, just, it, was, it was the thing you picked up with the system for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, But in the end, like, that is not a game that keeps the kids busy. Yeah. You want Mario Kart because more than one person can play, and it's, uh, you know, it's... Yeah. Same thing over and over. You know, it's a you know, it's a more replayable thing as opposed to expecting the younger siblings to just watch the older sibling run around in an open world. Um, so yeah, I don't think it had a, that much of a tail on it, but I would imagine the attach rate for the Switch is pretty damn high on that game. Yeah, initially it was sky high. Yeah, but uh, initially they sold more copies of the game than they sold. Then they had systems. Switches. Yeah, people were buying the game before they even yeah. actually had a just Switch. In this assumption that like when I find a Switch, I want to play this. This is what I want to play. Now. Yeah. Which, Which is, I did. I did. With I don't think it's ever happened before, and it probably will never happen. I mean, again. I did that with some uh, N64 games before yeah. I found an N64. I had Shadows of the Empire and Killer Instinct Gold before I had the system. Dreamcast, I did that because mm-hmm. they put their games right, on sale because, before they started coming out early. Mm-hmm. I think I had Ready to Rumble boxing. Ready to Rumble was out early. A um, couple ones. NFL yeah. 2K. I think NFL I got it early. was out like three weeks early. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the, the, the visual, the 2K stuff was out real early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so was a, like Capcom put their stuff out a little like a week early too. I don't remember that, but I know I had at least a few Dreamcast games before I actually got the mm-hmm. system on nine nine ninety nine. Yeah, I mean I had the Japanese version, so I was already no ahead of that curve. But like, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that. I remember seeing Ready to Rumble on shelves way before the Dreamcast was ready to come yeah, out here. That franchise never came back. That was it. It was the second one. Was there? Yeah, there was Ready to Rumble yeah. too. It was Ready to Rumble. I don't remember too. that. Huh? Was, I remember it had a it had like an aquamarine like green logo instead of the yellow. Hmm. I want to. I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> it all starts to blend together yeah. after a while. 
That's what happens when you've been doing this for a long time. It's like the old saying goes, I've forgotten more than you know at this mm-hmm. point. Um, anyway, here we are. It's Game Face 294. We have a great show for you guys today. We have two huge games we're going to talk about. Bunch of other fun topics. Uh, some other news that did break here in the last 24 hours. It did make it into the show. Obviously, Zelda was a little late, but we ended up talking about it anyway because that's how we roll. Um, did anything else break, by the way? I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> round, a- yeah ready to rumble boxing round two was, okay. was the thing. All right. Uh, before we get going, though, let's take a look at our chat. Looks like it's lo- locked and loaded already. Uh, let's see if there's some Twitch Prime in here. I'm sure there is. Yep, there is. Ptor91, thank you. Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, EDH420, thank you. Toast9, thank you. Toast, you've been a great help in the uh, Shane versus Elden Ring streams. Thank you, man. I really appreciate uh, you do a good job of formatting all your suggestions for me as well and describing them in a way that I can accomplish them very easily without having to do a ton of uh, online research. So thank you, man. Uh, yeah, and you guys should show up for that too, by the way. It's every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Everyone in chat helping me get through Elden Ring. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the game all that much still. I enjoy the working together part of it with you guys, trying to solve it and trying to get through the game. The game itself, still not a, va- a huge fan. Uh, North Nessie 94 thank you for Twitch Prime. Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime. Mega Drive Guy, thank you for Twitch Prime. I think that's it mm. for the housekeeping. Also, man, that really is going to wreck a lot of uh, the draft, like the public draft. Oh, yeah, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. Yeah, yeah a lot of people, they're screwed. Yeah, whoever, whoever <laughs> didn't pick Zelda and picked t- like 10 games that actually did come out this year gonna happen again well remember last year yeah. the person that won was the only person it out of hundreds that actually picked 10 games, picked that, 10 came games that came out mm-hmm. and i saw that so whoever did that that's your winner it's so hard yeah. like i saw that and i was like yeah this year in matt and i's draft i am just gonna be crazy conservative and i was to a fault in some cases like picking mm-hmm. babylon's fall like i was like i know that game's coming out and I picked it. It's a Platinum game, and it ended up being, like, Platinum's worst game it ever made. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's a trip. Uh, but anyway, can't. it looks like my streak is coming to an end, my two-year streak. It's a shame that it's over already. It's not even the end of March, and it's already yeah. over. Oh, well. Just one last thing to keep track of in my mind at this point. Uh, okay. Unless, like, something, more things fall out for me, but I don't see anything on my list. I mean, most of my list is out already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, most of mine is too, because I again, I went really conservative, but just waiting on stray. Yeah, that one might be a little dicey. It's looking dicey anyway. We'll see. Uh, anyway, let's kick off the show proper. We're gonna talk first about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, or as I like to call it, and you can see in the lower third, Borderlands Four. <laughs> That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like they they positioned this game and marketed it as this new kind of spin on the Borderlands formula. But it's really not. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's really just Borderlands 4. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's better than Borderlands 3. Um, but yeah, it, it was a little... It was Even though I knew what it was, it was a little shocking how much it's just Borderlands again. Yeah. Like, to the point that, like, I guess... I mean, I don't know. I guess I thought there might be more melee stuff in it because it's D&D. But it's no, you're just you're just basically using machine guns that shoot arrows. Yeah, and it's fine, you know. But it's weird. Um, it's a weird game. That's a good way to put it in general. Really, <laughs> yeah. It, it is 
So basically why I was fooled into thinking that it was something different is because when they first marketed it, I actually thought it was like, wasn't even a shooter. I thought it was like some crazy like RPG type thing because they sold it initially as the tabletop RPG setting and blah, blah, blah. And while it's in there, it's really just a beard to send you off into these first person shooter missions, essentially. And like you know, you see the cutscenes, and all the characters are using swords and stuff. And like mm-hmm. I thought, I just thought maybe you're gonna, they were gonna do maybe like a, you know, like a Dark Messiah of Might and Magic thing uh-huh. or something. You know, like you can do that. You can, you know, Skyrim did it. Like you can yeah. do a Borderlands Skyrim thing yeah. and figure out some melee with that. Uh, but it's really just another shooter. But no, it's just yeah, it's That's just a loot shooter. Yeah, <laughs> um, and they kind of make a cursory direction at like oh the. It's just a little crossbows or the pistols and like the sh- like some of the guns are like they shoot magic instead of yeah. bullets. And I stuff, mean, the yeah. guns look like guns. Yeah, like, like the only way you would they even, even know use a lot of the same arrows manu- is sometimes they stick they in stick the in enemies. Things. Yeah, and a lot of times they they even use the same manufacturer names as uh-huh. the Borderlands guns. Yeah, and some of that might makes you know it's like there are people in the Borderlands universe playing D and D, so they're gonna use things that you know there's jokes about that where she's like using C four for things, mm-hmm. and they're like, can't you like make that a little more fantasy-ish yeah it's like all right fantasy four yeah like, use that <laughs> yeah. and it's like okay i mean it's funny but it's like yeah it's kind of you're lampshading like what you're doing but it also doesn't really solve the fact that this is the same game that we've played five times and you were just seeing the setup there essentially the setup is there's three characters from the borderlands mm-hmm. universe who are playing tabletop rpgs tiny tina is the dungeon master and the bunker master right and um, and that's and the premise for the game. There's really not much of a plot per se. There's, I mean, it's a general D and D campaign, really. It's, yeah. it's uh, you're fighting a evil necromancer, and then evil necromancer. At one point, the evil necromancer turns out to be somewhat independent from Tina. Right. That's sort of the. Mm-hmm. I mean, the real uh, the real like angle they took with this is like, what if we did Borderlands, but we got really really good voice actors to do all the the characters, mm-hmm. like professional known actors to do the. So you've got ten, Tiny Tina as Ashley Birch as usual. Um, I want to bring something up about that. I, she drives me crazy. I think that's intentional. She. So here's what after Tiny playing, Tina is not meant to be a a, a likable character, and she's voices the whole game. Yeah, it's like sitting down and listening to Gilbert Godfrey do stand up for like 14 hours straight. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good comparison. It's like Gilbert Godfrey. I like hearing him tell one or two jokes. And after that, I got to turn him off. And that, the tiny <laughs> Tina, the same way. I hate that she narrates this entire game. It drives me bonkers. I mean, she is in the title. I know. I get it. But she does that thing over there. Yeah. Like, constantly. And look, I like Ashley Birch. I worked with her for years at Game Trailers on, hey, Ash, what you playing? She's awesome. She's an amazing person. Very nice. Very likable. Very polite. Very talented. Yeah. I mean, she's... Very talented at this role. It's just that's what the role is. It's a, so yeah. annoying. And uh, she's very good at it. <laughs> I guess. Like, good at being annoying? Yeah. Like, Tiny Tina is supposed to be an annoying character, I think. Why would you and choose funny. to have because that? Because that is a kind of humor that there's an audience that likes that. Um, I don't mind her. Um, like, I just don't. I don't really have a response to her for most of the time. I do. The only thing I find annoying about her is because of the nature of the character and the way she performs the voice sort of like rising and falling mm-hmm. sometimes it's very hard to hear what she's saying i found it hard um, to hear the voiceover in this game in general of, of several of the like the mixing is the mixing is very strange the music is too loud i had to, to change um, in default. on my brand new receiver i had to change the setting on it i usually just play on at dolby atmos mm. i could not hear the voices at all so i changed it to like 
cinema or whatever yeah. that boosted like the center channel. Yeah, I had, to, I had to play with that a bit and turn my system way up to like yeah. make sure I hear. And I, I mean, at a certain point, I'm just going to turn the subtitles on because I can't. I usually hear turn what them off, saying. but you're right. Like I feel like yeah, I'm... I never turn the subtitles on, but in this case, I'm like, man, I just keep missing the end of Tina's lines because mm-hmm. she like drops her voice a bit. Yep. Um, but other, I mean, the the voice acting is overall is very good. I mean, it got, is the uh, rest of the voice acting I love, and it's not that. Like, she doesn't deliver a Tiny Tina performance. Oh, yeah. Tiny Tina is just annoying AF. Yeah. I think that's just, I think that's intentional. It's the character. It's the character. But you've got, you know, Valentine is uh, Andy Samberg. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the robot What happened to him? He's still doing stuff. Seems like he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine finished, so now he's kind of moving to his new things, I think. Yeah. And then uh, Wanda Sykes is the robot, whose name I can never remember. And uh, Not Claptrap. No. Claptrap appears. The other player. Uh, the other player. the other the other robot is playing the robot is playing with you oh oh I don't remember its name either yeah and uh, uh, and then uh, Will Arnett is um, the uh, necromancer the mm-hmm. bad guy which is funny because I mean I know Will Arnett just sounds like Will Arnett but like it really is like you're playing against BoJack Horseman as a, as a, <laughs> as a necromancer like he just sounds exactly like himself yeah. and so there's a lot of and he's kind of got the same sort of weird self entitled like self aggrandizing thing that BoJack has so it really does sound like BoJack is a necromancer in this game which I kind of enjoy um, yeah it's uh, I mean it's, it, the writing's funny like it, it, you know it's 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 good like the the Tiny Tina like kind of parody stuff has always been sort of where the, the writing team on these games seems to have just, just been let loose yeah and uh they're having they're clearly having fun here the writing's pretty good um for her character in particular yeah it's just the, a delivery that i can't stand yeah, and the yeah i like all the all the in jokes on rpgs and various mm-hmm. things i i enjoy that you know they they're doubling down on the butt stallion thing <laughs> johnny hurricane in chat says how many different versions of baby can you get in one game <laughs> turns out a lot a lot yeah. a lot of them <laughs> She does use that word, that term a lot in the script. <laughs> Delfino says, everybody wants Ashley Birch to STFU even though everybody loves her. That's accurate for me. I do love Ashley. She's a great person and she's talented. But in this game, man, she just drives me bonkers. I mean, I, th- I don't think they... I mean, in this maybe, I guess. Like, Tiny Tina is an interesting uh, character to, to triple down on for gearbox because like i would have to imagine there's a fair chunk of people who just do not want to listen to her talk for very long um certainly just when she started showing up in the borderlands games and people were just like it's like oh my god i couldn't i was so happy when her quest line was over (laughs) i didn't have to hear her anymore Um, yeah but like they doubled down they they i mean tripled down (laughs) i would say because they they did a tiny tina uh dlc over twice already and now they've done a whole game about it um I guess we'll see how that sells. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so but overall, pro- it's, it's I, overall I like it. The production um, values in the game are fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, there's some weird performance stuff in it. Um, if I've you had get, some frame drops. If for you sure. get disconnected from shift, which, hap- which happened a lot early on because the shift wasn't working properly, like it drops, like like you get like full second long freezes, like every. 15 20 seconds to the point that i had to restart the game a few times have you managed to play with anyone online cooperatively no me either i sat there and it will just never it didn't with it anyone. didn't work for the first few days yes yeah, i, tried I just tried it yesterday it still didn't work uh so they're working on it they also like the shift codes weren't working so like they the original the first shift codes were supposed to expire yesterday and they extended that to friday because no one could use them yeah um but other than that, it's just you know, it's yeah, it's it's Borderlands hosed down in our in fantasy RPG juice. Yeah, that's like, a good way to describe that's it. All it is. 
It's still uh, elemental stuff, really important as yeah. far as what elements you have um, attached to your weapons. The loot I, I system say, is insane. I would say it still uses. Um, I would say it's a little freer with how you get to utilize all that because it's not all tied to your weapons anymore. Because like the magic, so instead of grenades, you use magic stuff, and the magic stuff is actually really versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wish I'd known that before I picked a class that does not emphasize magic. Yeah. Um, Although, like Elden Ring, you can kind of reshape yeah, you can your character mess with it, and like when you get to pick the second class later, you can kind of mitigate. That mm-hmm. um, I haven't felt like handicapped by it really, but yeah, it's just, you know, like, I, I chose like a mid guy that was good at both. I picked a, the what was it the claw bringer or the claw that was my whatever. second class yeah. that I picked whenever they gave you the because you got a pet dragon, on. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that looks good, yeah, so, uh, which is pretty cool. And I also liked it because like, the, the super was like Thor, like you throw an electric hammer, and I, but it turned out that that doesn't really work all that well, <laughs> like that's yeah, it like you, you throw the hammer and it lands and it creates like an electric field and then you can pull it back and do double damage, yeah, but like it doesn't seem to hit flying enemies, yes. And like, I'm like, there's a lot of weird hitbox stuff, in agreed. This game. Um, I, so my character, I have actually two compatriots yeah, like that follow me around. That's literally an assault rifle. Like there's no, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no way around. Yeah, that. that's what I'm like, saying. They're guns. Like yeah. it even has like a laser sight yeah. on it. <laughs> uh, it's a magic sight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at a certain point, they're just freaking guns. They're yeah. not like bow guns or whatever you want to call them. Cross. Whatever. The first gun you get tries it does to be yeah. a little handle because it does look like yeah. a crossbow. Yeah, but then but then you're so, you just sort of. I mean, this one even has like a red dot sight. Like. like yeah. <laughs> He's got a red dot sight and a hollow sight. Because yeah, like, you, you need both. But my um, character now, I have two compatriots. I have the dragon who flies around and burns people up. And then I have the little mushroom dude that looks like a penis. Right. So it's like me. I don't even need to play cooperatively with someone else because I have two other characters yeah. with me. And, and you for, can level all those guys up. Oh yeah. And for a while, I had one of the magic I was using summoned a hydra to like, oh. burn people. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I was basically, I was almost the necromancer from Diablo at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Most of my fine. magic has been ice. It freezes people and then Ice they just use the melee to yeah. finish them off because it just breaks them into a million pieces. And then here's this weird... The overworld? <laughs> yeah, what the hell, dude? Like, I get they're trying to make it like an RPG, but it's just weird. Yeah, it's not very needed. It's... No! Why is this in the game? Because it's part of RPGs. <laughs> like, that's why... I'd... And some of it's funny. Like, it's it's it's... Some of it's there for comedy. Some of it's there to be annoying. I love the the tall grass thing yeah. because that's just a random Pokemon encounters reference. and like, and then but then if a random encounter pops up and you just melee it, it doesn't happen, right? Which is great because yeah. it's like okay, I was like we're there, but we know you're going to be annoyed by this after about five minutes. Yeah. So uh, while we don't let you hit Tawny Tina, you can hit the monsters. And there are some nods to Pokemon in this little for open sure. area here, but it's just annoying, and it's like why? It's very slow and clunky, and I just. I don't understand why they put it in the game. And this is one of the things that threw me off when they first showed the game. They showed a little clip of this. And I was like, whoa, okay. Maybe it really is just kind of like an RPG with some shooting tossed in. But no, it's all just kind of frivolous. No, it's the other way around. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Borderlands with some RPG tossed in. Yeah, yeah. Um, the plot, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't carry the game, I don't think. No, I mean, it's a moment-to-moment thing more. It's, it's about you want to see what happens in the next scene with the characters. And some of the crazy stuff does happen. Yeah. Like, there's the one scene where you, like, drain the whole ocean. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's some stuff in there that happens where it's like, that is a nice nod to the weird shit people try to do in D&D games. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, let's seduce the, the drawbridge. Yeah. And then that's actually what happens. Right, like, yeah. So it's like, that's, I mean, that's funny. Like, it, it's definitely different enough from Borderlands that I didn't feel like I was playing the same thing tonally again. Like, because yeah. I'm really tired of Pandora. 
Like if I if I if I, if, if this was literally Borderlands three in the sense that like you're gonna make me play through another Pandora thing looking for another vault, like I would not even have tried it. Yeah, like, like I'm done with that world. I will say this: I agree with you. What you said right off the top is that you like this more than Borderlands three. I I also enjoy this. Yeah, more I think than this is a way better game than Borderlands. The 3. setting is just more interesting. Yeah, like the sci-fi stuff. It just kind of worn out its welcome by Borderlands three. Like I played. Yeah, I, think, I don't care about twelve the, the or Lilith's thirteen hours or the, of that. The sirens or anything like I'm, I'm I'm done with all that. Yeah, like this is just for whatever reason it's more interesting, even with the annoying voiceover that because it's not taking itself quite so seriously. Yeah, it's, um, and I know that Borderlands always had a sense of humor, but like. Get, especially Borderlands 3, there came a point where, like, uh, as Peter Griffin would say, it insists upon itself. You know? And it's just like, okay, I don't... And, like, I didn't like how Borderlands 3 played very much, and I can't really explain why. And some I, some of that is in here, I guess. Like, some, of it, like there was an element of 3 that just felt like, oh, I think you forgot what make, made your guns fun in the first place. And there's some of that in it. Like, like, I have not... The only shotguns I've found in this game are the magic ones that shoot, like, this arc of energy. Yeah. And I cannot figure out how you hit things with it. Like, sometimes it hits... Sometimes I'll shoot twice, and the first wave hits, and the second wave doesn't hit. And, like, the enemies are in the same freaking play. I, got, I cannot figure yeah. out a consistent way to know how I'm going to hit people with the arc shotgun. I think the aiming in this is worse than Borderlands 3, honestly. It feels less responsive. I don't know if they did that it's on purpose too, because know. they're supposed to be, like, bows and arrows. I find it pretty consistent. It's not bad. Uh, overall, but I don't I, It's been so long since I played Borderlands 3, I couldn't really say. It's not as snappy as Borderlands um, 3, meaning it doesn't help you as much as Borderlands yeah, 3 does. Yeah, somewhat. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the aim assist is a little less As generous. soon as I started getting assault rifles, I was at home again. Because I, I, I play Borderlands with burst rifle, burst assault rifles. And mm. that's my, you know, it gives me the, the precision for headshots over and over and over again. Because I do, that's just what I do. I, I spec for critical and I hit you in the face. That's yeah. it. Um, and here we're showing here, what happens yeah, when you the, die in the game. Same thing as in Borderlands. If you kill a guy before you run out, like, you get your life back. Yep. Um, called a death save so once again who cares you know just like in rpgs and even after a while you can like train your minions to revive you as well mm-hmm. um like the little mushroom penis dude like you can go into his tree and you can set him up so that he'll revive you when you go down um so yes it's hard to die for good in this game i think yeah. it's only happened to me a couple times throughout the only, the only times it's happened to me is uh when i accidentally killed myself because i didn't know what i was the, fir- the first time i died i looked at one of those big ice barrels and i just hit it with a with my melee attack and i'm like what is this do and it kills it you. killed you yeah <laughs> and then another time i was backing away from an enemy and i fell off a cliff those are mm. the only two times i've died yeah, and then there was another weird thing where, like, every time I fast traveled or popped up into a different thing, it would pop up the message that said, "Thanks for resurrecting. We've ch- taken your money from you." Uh, and I was like, "What the hell is it?" Like, every time I just like moved anywhere on the map, and I'm like, "What?" And I realized that what, my money wasn't going down. And I looked it up, and apparently that is a, a bug in the game still, oh. where it'll pop up the last uh, respawn message, and if the last time you respawned was you died, it will just keep telling you that it's taking money from you, even though it isn't. I've so, had it crash twice to. I haven't had any crashes, but I have definitely had it. You lose connection with Shift and start getting very weird, and I had to reboot it. And also, uh, this game does not like Quick Resume. Oh, Oh, boy, it does not like Quick Resume. It hates Quick Resume. The first time it crashed was when I got the second class. Mm. It went to the interface to let me choose it, and it just went Mm. bleh, and just barfed. Actually, something, uh, when you get to the, after you get to the, kind of past the early stuff, and it lets you out in the city to buy stuff for the Mm -hmm. first time, like, you know, the... The city is available for the first time with, with the merchants and everything. Yep. Uh, I went out into it, and I could not interact with anything. 
Uh, like the use would come up, but the button wasn't there, and I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't activate anything. I couldn't yeah. get any quests. This, this code is not completely clean. No, as at uh, launch. So I mean, it's kind of it's kind it's of pretty kind good. Of, kind of gearbox standard. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah. mostly It'll good, but some issues here and there. It'll yeah. get there. Um, and then the loot. Uh, the loot is just completely overwhelming. I'm sure you've been watching this B-roll, and you've watched me finish off a couple enemies, and you get that very rewarding shower of mm-hmm. loot that comes down when you, yeah. when you everything in that in. shower is useless it's all useless yeah. i actually you're gonna I'm, find one good gun every two hours maybe. yeah and, um, right, and honestly uh both of the main guns i use i bought from vending machines me too actually that's where i found like oh that's exactly what i want and yeah. i just bought one but you can get significant upgrades from the vending machines yeah. uh, but which is not loot. has not been true of the borderlands games for me before yeah like, usually i just find use what i find but it's very hard to find because in part because of how heavily the elemental stuff factors in i'm very picky about what i want to use yeah because i don't want to lose my ice because yeah. it it can at the very least it stalls enemies yeah, and whereas mine i do fire damage but mm-hmm. i automatically set people on fire when i shoot them and I'm, i want a weapon that enhances that yeah yeah so that's uh yeah it's uh it's a struggle to s- sometimes it's but. it's like destiny it's the loot is like it doesn't depend on okay i beat this boss so i get a good piece of loot guaranteed like that's not how it works no. it's like you could get the best gun that you come across from just some rank and file enemy mm-hmm. and destiny's like that too like it's not yeah. basically like oh i beat a tough enemy now i get loot that i'm definitely going to use there's just too much of it like yeah. and your on top of that fills up like, so quick and it's you're constantly having to like drop stuff on the ground to pick stuff up or stuff in it yeah, in i your... just got really picky about what i pick up yeah like if you're not worth a certain amount of money i'm not going to pick it up it's a in the interface and... you can compare what's on the ground to what you're using but it's kind of slow and like you have to go into the interface and you have to keep going back over to the left hand side like yeah the it's a little right. inelegant even just selling stuff is weird because yeah. the, the cursor for whatever reason when i sell stuff in a, in a game i expect after i sell the thing my the the rest of the stuff in the inventory is going to move up and the cursor will now be on the next thing to the right, right. me too and in this it jumps back back to the, to the other panel yep like i don't know why why <laughs> why would it. you do that that is the least and intu- especially and in that's, this game, it's so unintuitive that i've accidentally sold equipped stuff before yeah i've done it on accident too and it because it's just there's so much like there's just loot everywhere at all times mm-hmm. like now, to be fair, you can, like, there's a lost loot thing, so if you don't pick up stuff... That's actually decent? Yeah, it'll, it'll pop up in the little vending machine later, the little, like, free vending it'll machine. It'll just dump it all on the ground. But usually by the time you get there and you get it, the gear's so yeah. old that... And, it... and they know it because you can upgrade how many items that can hold. Right. And it's so like, okay, you know... the old that, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... But, yeah, the loot in this game is just way overdone. It's just... There's so much. Just I mean, that's Borderlands. I've just, and it kind of, this is how Borderlands is, but like, I don't think in any of the other Borderlands I've spent so long not finding something useful. Yeah. Like I've that, gone, I've used the same guns. I, I'm scared because when I was like, oh, this has to be better, switch to a different gun, I hate the gun. Yeah. And I regret getting rid of the gun I was using before. So now, like you, I've become very reluctant to get rid of a gun that I like using. Yeah, well, I would never get rid of the gun before I've tried the other one for a while because exactly that. It's like, it's all so weird that you never know what kind of weird quirky element is going to be like, nah, this doesn't work for me. Sometimes you only get like a three round burst on some of the guns. Mm-hmm. And like, if you like to use full auto or whatever, like it's it's almost worthless to use. And I just end up dropping it and using mm-hmm. something Usually, else. I'm, I don't think I found one that doesn't let you switch between things. Although sometimes it's burst or semi-auto. Right. Which is obviously yeah, sometimes different. you can't get full auto. It'll yeah. be like, 
Right. You can squeeze off one at a time or three round bursts, yeah. but not and I full never auto. use full auto, so I don't really. See, I use full that. auto, but I burst fire with full auto. But I mm-hmm. like having the option. If I want to squeeze the trigger a little longer to finish off an enemy, I like mm-hmm. having that, that, that option there. The so. one I'm using currently and have been for a while is burst and full auto switch between. Yeah. So. And I have used full auto for bosses. Just, you know, mm-hmm. you just want to empty the, just cl- empty the magazine into them. It's, it's, it makes more sense usually. But on the whole, I am having fun playing this yeah. game. And yeah. unlike Borderlands 3, where I had played like 12 or 13 hours, came in to talk about it on Game Face, and never really went back to it again, I'll keep playing this. Um, I'll give it some more time and play more of this. Whereas I did not do that with Borderlands 3. I definitely think it's a better game than Borderlands 3. It's Metacritic average. It says that. Mm-hmm. It's Metacritic's at like an 8 or something like that. And Borderlands 3 was at like a 7-2 or 7-3 when it was yeah. all said and done. And I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, an 8 might be a little high for this game. I don't know. It's around... It's it's roughly a, accurate, it's I guess. about right if this is what you want, Yeah, I guess I'd say. Like, if you don't like Borderlands, I don't think this is going to change your mind. Definitely not. Yeah, it's not going to change. Because it's the same game, really. Yeah. It's just a mod, basically. Vincent is asking, if this is Gearbox's last Borderlands game, is it a worthy send-off? Because, you know, rumors have been swirling that the franchise is going away and... Gearbox doesn't uh-huh. want to make it anymore. I mean, I, I, can, I can go with that because I don't want to play it anymore. Yeah. So. I could see them making another one of these. Another um, Tiny Tina? Yeah. I don't think it's going to sell very well. I mean, the initial sales in the UK were not good at all. I don't think people know it exists. Yeah. And I don't think people will know that it's like a Borderlands game. Although I have been seeing TV commercials for this mm-hmm. um, on ESPN and my, the usual networks when I actually do watch television. Um, I've been seeing some ads for it. So they are spending some money trying to get the marketing out there. But, I mean, I don't know. Is this a worthy send-off? I guess. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's better than rehashing Pandora again. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they changed it for this instead of just literally releasing Borderlands 4. Yeah. And, like, I don't, you know, and I'm glad they didn't end it with 3. Yeah. Because I felt 3 was a... I think I think that's a pretty generous score for 3. 7.3 or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, I I just I I walked away from Borderlands three with no reservation whatsoever, and like one and two I played for a hundred hours each, and part of that might just be I played too much Borderlands one and two. Um, I never did really get into the pre sequel very much. Yeah, but, it just uh, Borderlands three just didn't leave a lasting impression on me at all. No, and I can't really explain why it just didn't. It just wasn't. It just didn't have. That certain something the other Borderlands did, and this does this this kind of recaptures it. Yeah, but it's still like there's not that much different about this than the Borderlands one. No, I mean just <laughs> it's a little smoother, it's a little bigger, it's more variety and things. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that um, you know there's collectibles obviously in all these games, but mm-hmm. like um, the collectible one of the main collectibles in this is are twenty sided dice. Like lucky dice yeah. you find, mm-hmm. that actually every single one you find actually does increase your your loot find chances. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't wasn't aware of that. The, every collectible in this game ups a stat for you. Huh? Like the marbles up your your strength, uh, the poems up your intelligence. Like you can check that on a on a one of the screens in your character uh, your character thing, like the level up screen. You, you hit the D pad over and you can see that, and like it really doesn't make that very clear but like it is very 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 much in your best interest to find all of those dice because you really it really does affect finding better better loot and there's even a lot if, of them there. even if that loot is not oh yeah there's like 20 in the main town like 12 yeah, in the first real dungeon like it's 
There's a lot of them, and they're very hidden. Some of them are like, I don't know how you'd find this without a guide yeah, kind of stuff. I'd agree. Um, yeah. And they give you some stuff. You know, they're, Sometimes they're even like hidden under like stuff that you break. Yeah, like there's no hint sometimes yeah like when i saw that i was like oh okay like i need to be like breaking all these boxes that i see everywhere okay um but yeah i that sucks what like you killed the guy so so everyone died and you had no one to kill to come back to life yeah so i beat the boss we killed each other on the same shot and then when i respawn i respawn i've killed the boss so the game did account for it Mm -hmm. i didn't have to fight the boss again luckily but you're right it was like a weird situation there like an anomaly that i'm guessing they didn't think would happen mm. all that often um bunko makes a good point there where um he notes that uh the skill timers are much faster in this like you're you know even for my character who is like supposed to have like a you know it's like a ex- extra recharge time for the spells the spells are ready in like less than 10 seconds oh for me they're ready like, in like five or six yeah it well, does I mean, well, the spellcaster class, there's almost no downtime for it. The cooldown is almost non-existent. Yeah, it um, does create a better flow of combat. Yeah, because you can mix the magic and the guns in a lot better mm-hmm. um, than you could in prior. I believe in prior. Yeah, the synergy game. of just the skills and everything is probably the best it's ever been. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it was a, such a simple tweak too to yeah. change it for the better. But Although I am tired of hearing my character when the, when the spell recharges, hearing her say "spell yeah." Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, Bunko is right. The uh, the magic cooldowns are way way shorter than they have been mm-hmm. in the past, and it makes magic just a regular part. Yeah, of even the combat. Even your ultimate move, you can use almost every couple of minutes. Yeah, like it's, it's much faster. Yeah, so I would say I've had a good time playing this game, and I'm not the world's biggest Borderlands fan. Would you recommend people buy it at full price, Matt? Um, and this is 60 for PS4, 70 mm-hmm. for PS5. I don't know. Like, I don't regret buying it, but, like, I don't know. It might be worth waiting until the drought hits more in the later in the year because I bet you'll be able to pick it up for 40 in June. I mean, isn't it kind of here, though? A little I bit. Mean, April's I feel pretty like people dry. Are, people still playing Elden Ring. People are yeah. still playing Horizon. Yeah. We're, not, you know, we're not done with the stuff that came out in March. Yet. Yeah. But this might be a good summer game if you if you can if, you know once it hits like you know the, that six week discount i wish i had got a chance to play it with other people i wish it would work so i could tell you guys whether it was altered yeah. or changed but it's just broken still i could never get anyone to match up with me when i try to play yeah i mean i'm sure it's the same as playing borderlands but do, how do they scale the enemies do they scale the enemies at all uh, how, if, how, what about the bosses they're scaled they to harder you. to beat they're scaled to your difficulty. So you, you, if I'm playing on a high difficulty or a higher level, like as I rec- as I understand it, like to me, my gun will do less damage to them by scaled to me, whereas you will do more damage to, and they will do less damage to you. So they will typically it, it in respects, the past it would scale to the higher leveled player. Uh, more is scales to the difficulty you've chosen. Oh. So it, it still respects the difficulty setting you've chosen, if even if we've chosen different difficulties. Okay. Which, gotcha. which makes you wonder why you can't do that in Elden Ring. Anyway, right. yeah. um, if, if this can I mean, scale tricky. that, if this can do difficulty modes that happen in the same multiplayer game. Right. Yeah. It is tricky, saying. though, figuring out how yeah. to make cooperative games like this with loot and things like this work. It's Yeah, and there is an option, like, you can either have the loot be cooperative or competitive, uh, whereas, like, cooperative, everybody gets the loot, and competitive is, is like, old-style. Like, whoever picks it I up gets that. it. I hate that. 
um, which I can't imagine thinking that's fun in this game. Yeah, like it's because loot's everywhere. Yeah, it keep the best and, drop. And, could and be... so rarely is the best one is, is anything good. So like one person gets the best one. Forget. I think, but I think it's actually generated differently for every player. Okay. Uh, so, so every player sees different loot. Is what you're saying? I think you would we would both see like a green, but as I understand it, I think we would see different levels of stat of that green. Okay. So that like, makes sense. But I don't know what the scaling is per like level, claw bringer. That's what I was. I don't know what the difference, the like, the scaling would be for like if I was like level twenty five and you you were like level seven. Yeah, it's not easy to do. Ubisoft has struggled doing this with the division. Like every loot shooter has this same problem. In fact, how would you place this in the pantheon of loot shooters among like Destiny two and the Division two? One thing I realized recording Good Morning Gaming last night for today's episode is that it's been a while since there's been a real high profile loot shooter released yeah well so many of them are just ongoing that you know like i mean destiny 2 didn't go away they've released new right, stuff right, constantly yeah. i just haven't but played there just it. aren't that many new ones anymore no i mean i feel like that market's sort of saturated what was the one the sci-fi one with this like kind of like gears of war cross with it that just came out oh um but it's from square annex i started believe with o or an r or over or but that's yeah. the only one. The one that was on Game Pass, and it was like, yeah. yeah, that's the only one I remember recently that was yeah. like pretty Overkill, good. Overkill, over outsiders, like that. Outriders, Out- outriders, outriders. That's it. Yeah, that's um, really the only one though. Like yeah. it's been a, like they've really slowed down because you're right. These games are supposed to live on forever. Ubisoft launched like a couple of battle royale shooters, yeah. but not I mean, really. The Division is kind of that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The Division too, absolutely. It's still alive and kicking. Yeah. Again, you just don't hear about it. Much. Yeah, but there are people that are still playing it. There's still tens of thousands of people that are still playing it. But the output for this guess, genre, yeah, has... Vincent's right. Godfall counts. Does it? Yeah, it's a loot. It's not shooter. It's but not it's a shooter. A, it's, a loot. It's, a, it's a it's a it's a loot. hack and slash. Yeah, but it's the same game. It's a run around with co-op and kill things and pick up glowing objects and equip them. Like it's that's it's the same. It's a loot driven game, but it's not a loot shooter. Yeah, I would say it's this. I would equate equate it to Borderlands. Like I would not play that that and Borderlands at the same time like well i would not play godfall at all well, no because, but what I'm because is, there's no shooting in no the but game. what i'm saying is they are filling the same niche yeah um you know like godfall is much more like a borderlands destiny game than it is like a diablo replacement yeah i'd agree with that for sure it's a loot driven game but it's just not a shooter it's melee yeah i just melee don't think focus. that matters very much but um but yeah i wish this was less of a shooter i wish they'd explored the melee options a little more. I think the melee sucks in this, though. It does, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it I feels wish, so that's bad. That's what I mean. That's why I say I think I wish they'd, like, really revamped it and really leaned into it and figured yeah. out a way to make it work. Because it does, I do feel disconnected. It also feels like I will miss by, like, four or five feet and it still hits the enemy. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the, the range is, is deceptive. Yeah. In, in your favor, weirdly. Yeah, yeah, it helps, yeah. But they yeah, help, the, it helps the player. And it does depend on the, on the weapon type. Like, the axes seem to have an extra couple feet on them. Uh, yeah. than the than the swords and the swords the swords have like I've, all, almost all the swords i've picked up have like these weird negative thing like they make they they drop They'll take the away your health or whatever yeah, yeah. I don't, it's weird I again think that, like the, a lot of the loot in this like i sit and look at it for like 20 seconds and i'm like wait it's a wash mm-hmm. <laughs> with what i have right now it's really hard to tell whether you're actually upgrading stuff in this game in general i feel like and therefore, I don't. A lot of times, I just stick with, like you said, like I just keep rolling yeah. with the same guns. And even some of the stuff with like the the skills you get are like there's there's tier, you know, because you got to put enough points in the tier to get to the next tier. Mm-hmm. But there've been a couple times where I'm like, I don't care about any of the three skills I've, I now have access to. And 
I did appreciate that Borderlands' skill tree was, they took up the whole screen, it was this big thing. This one's like this tiny little column in the middle, and sometimes I'm like, what is that? Like, uh-huh. I can't tell what that is. Because all the symbols look very similar, too. Yeah. Like, they're these little shields with icons on the shields. And I'm like, yeah. uh... <laughs> well, then, like, even worse, the there's there's items you can find that are class-specific that will boost your abilities by a couple points and whatever. But the items don't say the names of the abilities, they just show the shields. Yeah. And I'm like... Am I supposed to know what that is? Well, they show you like the the one that you're equipped. They just show the the icon. They don't yeah. say have the word next right. to it and at I'm all. Like, I don't yeah. know what. I have no idea what they are. They like, all I look guess the I same. will after I get used to my character. But like early yeah. on, I'm like, is this good? I don't know what that does. Yeah. Going back though, I don't think we ever answered. Should people buy this at full price? I said like you I said think, like later on. I think wait out. Yeah, you know, wait until you're out of things to play, and it'll probably have dropped. It'll probably be cheaper. Yeah. What would you recommend people pay for this? I mean, it's a pretty solid forty dollar game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Forty, maybe even fifty. I would spend yeah, on like it. I'm not I'm not upset I paid full price for it yeah but like, I don't feel like I was ripped off or anything yeah you know, it depends if you're like into this style game or not or you think or you like tiny teen air you think that this would be like you know your brand of humor and most of it is for me although sometimes it's just a little too I don't know like sometimes I see where they're going with something I'm like yeah get on with it like I get yeah I, I see I see what it is uh, but every once in a while there's something really fun and again every time Will Arnett's on screen it's great the like, writing's good like the jokes are good I legitimately have laughed at a bunch yeah. of the jokes in this um like it and also like it it really matters that you got like three top level comedians delivering delivering all of it yeah Yeah. and again no disrespect to ashley birch i love i love you ashley but man that character and it is it's just a character and i just hate that character i hate tiny tina and the fact that they made an entire game based on that character boggles my mind well there's moments where i mean she tiny tina doesn't bother me really but like there are moments where i'm just like i can't believe people willingly play D D with her like it seems like it would be very annoying the way she kind of rolls the game right. and like and like changes things on the fly. And like, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean it's a quality game, and I think the best way to put it is like if you liked Borderlands before Borderlands Three, you're probably gonna like this game a lot. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe. Or to even say. if you know for me like Borderlands Three was a disappointment, but I like this quite a bit. So like even if even if you don't dismiss this just because you didn't like Borderlands Three would yeah. probably be my most important takeaway if you're choosing. I think you should also set your expectations for mediocrity because it hasn't changed that much. Yeah, from it's the still first the same thing, but it just scratches the same itch that Borderlands One and Two did so well in a way that works much better than Three did. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm just I'm glad that that it didn't go out with Borderlands Three. It's really really my takeaway is like I just you know. And I have all the stuff. You know, I bought the whole deluxe thing for Borderlands 3 because I thought I was going to be like playing it for a long time. It's just like, no. Yeah. I just didn't. I'm confused about what's happening with Borderlands, Gearbox, and Tiny Tina. So Embracer bought Gearbox. 2K owns Borderlands. Yeah. This game, when it opens, has 2K branding in it. Yeah. So 2K owns Borderlands and Tiny Tina? Tiny Tina's part of Borderlands. Right. Okay. So anything that Gearbox does after this is going to be something completely brand new. Yeah, unless they, you know, deal with 2K on it. Yeah. And they're going to hire 2K will now hire some other studio. Someone else will make to Borderlands stuff. Make Borderlands stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of the last hurrah from the OG creators. Yeah. Although, of Borderlands. or unless Gearbox fails to find footing as they strike out with new things. And uh, whoever they uh, 2K gets to take over Borderlands sucks at it, and then they make a deal for Gearbox to come back and revamp Borderlands again. Hmm. That seems like a long shot, but long shot. But, but we'll possible. see in about seven years. But you're saying there's a chance. Oh yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think there's a there's a non-zero chance that 
somebody realizes like you know what this works and maybe we should just not rock the boat yeah i'm so i wonder like gearbox sometimes i am a little amazed that gearbox is still around i mean after everything after all that stuff because there's the been a lot of shit. stuff yeah after the after medieval times gate and <laughs> all of it aliens colonial marines gate and all, yeah I mean, just they're, so they're like weird. the cockroach of the game development studios like the, the you can't blow kill up it. with the guy who voiced claptrap right you, you, yeah it's like it's just just one know. thing after another yeah him so, didn't he leave something at like medieval times yeah that's like, what i said medieval times gate was like he left a he left a flash drive with a with bunch like of like porn on it or something it, well no it had like um it had uh it had like confidential documents about proposed like game pitches or proposed documents for games and stuff but it also had uh like pornographic twitch stream recordings on uh, it from some some girl that, that randy liked watching <laughs> good times randy, and somehow they survived randy pan the goat boy <laughs> <laughs> leaving, his, leaving his drives around yeah so anyway there you go that's tiny tina's wonderlands uh i think that's two semi-enthusiastic thumbs up from us yeah that was a, it's a good it's good yeah if you can find it a little cheaper if you can hold on if you're playing elden ring or you're playing horizon forbidden west like if you wait a couple months i think i'd feel a little bit better if you bought it at the 40 or 50 dollar level yeah it feels i mean it feels I, I know it's a full game but there's still part of me that feels like it should be like considered like like a spin-off or a filler you know like, you know what i mean like, it is very repetitive I mean, is. and it's about as big as Borderlands Three, judging by the quest list and you know mm-hmm. how much content. You know, about twenty hour game total. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just go through the main stuff, but like I don't know, there's just it's part of me. Is it? Am I crazy that like part of me feels like this should be like a, a not full price game? I it gives off that vibe. There is sure. a little bit of that to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I feel that too, for sure. So we recommend you try to wait a month or two and let it drop a little bit, but I don't think we'd begrudge anybody if you're a fan of Borderlands at picking it up at full price. No. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another game that has land in the title, mm. <laughs> Kirby and the Forgotten Land. And I keep mixing those up, whether one is, has an S on the end of land or one doesn't. Yeah, Wonderlands and Forgotten Land. And Forgotten Land, yes. Or as, we, as they call it some places, uh uh, Kirby and the Last of Puffs. <laughs> or Puffin' Stuff, as yeah. I've titled it in the lower third. It is, and now that I've really played a ton of this game, I really do struggle to call it a 3D platformer now. Do you? I mean, it's in 3D. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but you have, you do not have the freedom that you have in now, most 3D I'm, platformers. I mean, it's it's a 3D platformer, but it's a 3D platformer the way Super Mario 3D World is, not the way Super Mario 64 is. Yeah, you can't control the camera in this game pretty much at all. No. Like it'll let it you. It doesn't even have camera inversion options, right? Which is like, hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter when that you much. try you to don't... like move the camera. It, no, it's, it's more like a suggestion. Yeah, for I, the gave game. <laughs> I gave up. I gave. I'm just gonna live with whatever you show me. I, I that's just what this is. And for the most part, it shows you what you need to. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's very much like an old style, like kind of almost like what the old 2.5D games were, where you just got to trust that the camera's panning over to what you need to know. Yeah. And mostly it does. Yeah. It's it's functional 95 percent of the yeah. time. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's way more successful than most games that try to do this are. Yep. So, but really, it is kind of like two and a half D. There's a lot of fixed camera angles where you're playing from a side angle or a top down angle or an isometric mm-hmm. angle. Um, but I think it, as you said, it's handled predominantly well throughout most of the game, and that is a lot of work. 
making sure that every scene has the right camera angle so that players can experiment a little bit. Though I would argue that also, unlike a lot of 3D platformers, kind of the experimentation mm-hmm. is, isn't really present in this game either. Yeah, the experimentation is not in the platforming, it's in the powers. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's all. Um, if you, you shouldn't be here. I mean, Kirby isn't really a very platforming series in general. Like, the fact that he can fly, more or less, sort of, like, blows that out of the water most of the time. Yeah, it takes away a lot of the platforming because you can just fly over top yeah. of a lot of the platforms. It's more about puzzle solving and getting through the enemies or, like, you know, figuring out what you need, what powers you need to, like, deal with the environment or rather deal with the environment properly to open the thing you need to find the hidden thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hunting for stuff yep. in this. Um, and obviously we played the demo when it came when it came to the eShop not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And it had, like, three stages on it, but it didn't really show us how the game was structured. And, and yet it designed. kind of did. You know, a little bit. Uh, I mean, it showed you that most of the levels were self-contained mm-hmm. and that they weren't connected to each other. It wasn't this big open world. Yeah, but it, you didn't get the like the Waddle Dee town here. Yeah, you don't get like the, the home base here and... where you can go and you can level up your powers. Mm. There's all these, as you save the Waddle Dees in the levels, you come back to this town and they will have built stuff for you. A lot of it is just frivolous and stupid, like a movie theater where you can go and watch like clips. Uh, there's a coliseum that unlocks a little later on in the game where you can go and fight in a coliseum against any of the enemies that you've bested in the game. Um, and there's like this one where you can go and input codes. There's a co- Kirby has a little hut you can go to where you can sleep to refill your health. Although that doesn't really matter because the game is so easy. Um, Even on wild mode. Wild, yeah, which is <laughs> definitely not wild. And really, what makes it so easy is what you alluded to at the beginning. He can fly. Yeah. So you always have this saving grace where if things ever get hectic, and they rarely do, but if they do get hectic, you can just fly up out of there like, mm. and just get out of trouble and fly someplace far away. And the enemies, very few of the enemies fly. Um, and the ones that do are a pain in the butt to deal with because the game isn't really set up for you to deal with enemies that fly. Um, but for the most part, they're on the ground. So you can just kind of jump up and just take off and get out of trouble and land far away and give yourself plenty of room to prepare for the enemies. Um, the overworld is what you're seeing right now is kind of like just this big connected thing. Yeah, it's just a big map like the Mario games. games. Um, and they're all connected. Like, and you go, and there's like themes. So this one right here is like the amusement mm-hmm. park theme. And then there's yeah, the it's snow not, level. It's not actually like post-apocalyptic ruins for no. very long it's just that that's just that first world yeah which is weird don't you think yeah, and then it goes it jumps right to tropical beaches yeah it's like, all right <laughs> but it does have the typical nintendo themes levels it has like the snow yeah. level the desert level the tropical yeah. level the amusement park level uh, all typical nintendo tropes and honestly video game tropes most games do stuff like this but i have to say matt i love this game huh. H- have you been enjoying it it's fine. Like it, it See, feels... I think it's better than fine. I've really been having a lot of fun with it. I just find it kind of fluffy and empty. Um like I don't have any complaints about it. I just it's it's Kirby, it's fine. I just it's not particularly compelling to me right now. And I think maybe it might be later, but right now when I've sp- I'm swinging my attention between Horizon 2, Elden Ring and Tiny Tina, mm-hmm. and this just feels like those feel like going maybe Tiny Tina less so, but it feels like going from like full meals to like just cotton candy hmm. i and mean I'm it like, is and it and there's, there's a space for that but i have not been 
going back to this as often as I've gone back to Tiny Tina. Interesting. Week. So I've been the opposite. I have wanted to play this more than I've wanted to play Tiny Tina. Um, and I agree with you. It is very vapid. And it is definitely made for kids. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, that's a bad thing. It definitely... Like I don't, I don't need like a deep and heavy Kirby right, game. Right, like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, you know, yeah. I don't think it should be that. It's just it's not grabbing me in the way that like you know some of the other things I'm playing right now do. Well, and you can make games like this and still make them relevant to older players. Like, yeah, I don't think this is irre- irrelevant to older players. I think I think it's I think if you don't have some fun playing this game, I think you're you don't really like video games maybe some yeah like there's a there's there's a universality to this game that i think is sort of undeniable um but like if you go and play like rare's classic 3d platformers like you can play that as an adult and enjoy it there's yeah. innuendo in the games there's nods for adults in the games this has none of that no it is straight up saccharin from beginning to end it is made for kids it's also very easy as you said putting it on the wild difficulty setting really that's supposed to be wild like, even six-year-old kids are going to be able to play the hardest difficulty on this and really have very little issues with getting through the game. Um, but where the game comes alive is in Kirby's powers, because there's so many. You can also upgrade all of them, at least one level. And then the mouthfuls, where the stuff that he transforms into in the game. It just, the pacing of the game is, I think, is great. Like, it just feels like you're always getting something new to fiddle with or try, a lot of this stuff, the game isn't just beating you over the head with how to use it or what it does, and you have to kind of fiddle around with it and figure it out. Like, I like that. Um, and that's one way where the game really isn't designed for kids, and kids may become a little frustrated with it eventually, is that it doesn't just blatantly explain how everything works and what you should do with everything that you come across in the game. Um, and I like that about it. Uh, and it does. It changes constantly. Like, each of the levels aren't that long it probably takes what 20 minutes maybe to get through each one if that if that i mean especially if you're just going through it and not looking for all the waddle d's yeah you could get through i mean all the the secret uh things in there like that's you know it's fun and eventually you it you know it does have a language to it you do eventually learn like like early on i'm like oh i didn't realize that was gonna be a a a bonus thing i should do yeah and then later on you're like oh that's the bonus thing like you you recognize what you know what it's saying to you you know so there is there is something there yeah, um, and it doesn't tell you what those secret things are until after you've completed the the level for one like one time. And most so of like, them are different for each level. Yeah, and it is fun to kind of make try to get through and figure out what uh, you know what the secret thing you need to do is and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like you and saw so, in the last level, I was collecting ducks for a mama duck. Yeah, and you don't realize that's something that you're supposed to be doing until you come across a duck and it starts following you around, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, this duck is following me. I wonder if there are other ducks, and then there are, and you find the other ones, and then you come across the mama. And then the mom is like, oh, okay, you gave me four, but I need five, which sends you back through the level to try try to find that one duck. And every level is like that, and they have there's different ones in every level. Yeah, they, you, they do unfold very organically yeah. in, that, in that regard. It's, it, it it's, I mean, this game is, I think, brilliantly designed. So mm-hmm. to go from one stage to the next and then ultimately to fight the final boss in each area, you have to save X number of Waddle Dees. But generally, like what I found is if you just play through each level and at least try to rescue the, the Waddle Dees, you end up with enough to unlock the boss at the end of the level. Yeah. Like I never had to go back and like, oh, play this this one over again because I need to get nine Waddle Dees instead of seven that I got the first time I played through it. And then there are levels like this that are scattered in each area, which are just kind of like these little mini games that you play. Some of them literally will take five to ten seconds to complete. And if you complete these, you get these kind of crystal stars that you take back to 
the the home world, the Waddle Dee's home world, and you use those stars to then upgrade Kirby's abilities, mm-hmm. any of the the caps that he gets or his inhaled abilities. Um, and so there's just always something to do. There's always something different to do. Um, if you get tired of just playing through a level, you can go and play these little side missions and collect the the glass stars that you need to up to upgrade. Go back to the home base, use them to upgrade, head back into that level that was maybe boring you or frustrating you before, and play through it with the new abilities that you've unlocked. Um, the levels themselves do a great job of just providing the, the variety on their own because you'll get tons of Kirby's power-ups. Before you fight a boss, a lot of times they give you a choice of which power-up you want to choose right before you go into fight. So if you have some that you've leveled up and some that you haven't, or... There's just some that maybe you're better with than others. Like for me, I always choose a sword before I go into a boss fight. Link's sword, the master sword. Mm. And every boss fight I've managed to beat in literally like a minute. No, I pick the bombs. You use the bombs. Yeah. See, it's whatever you're good at. Like, but I like that it gives you the choice yeah, of and what... Even if you lose it, the bosses constantly spit out these stars you yeah. can inhale and use as projectiles. Mm-hmm. Like all, uh, and also, if you hit, inhale more stars at once, it hurts more when you hit them. That's true. So there's, yeah. like a, there's, there's some strategy to that. The game, I think the game is brilliantly designed. Um, I never got tired of it. I always wonder what was around the next corner. Um, it nicely embraces how weird Kirby is, uh-huh. just in general. Yeah, absolutely. And the car stuff is fun. Like, it's... yeah, I'm just, I'm just not in the right frame of mind for it right now. Like, I'm, like every, everything I'm saying about this game is really more like a criticism of me. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm just not. You've been playing these serious games. Yeah, yeah. You're right, though. It does put you in a headspace sometimes where you know you're just not gonna want to play certain things because you're in a different type of mood. I get that. I found this to be, like, a lot of people were saying, oh, Horizon Forbidden West is going to be, like, a palate cleanser for Elden Ring. I think this is the palate cleanser for Elden Ring. I mean, Ring. I think this is a much more drastic shift from Elden Ring, yeah. Like, this, if you want something different from Elden Ring that doesn't feel like what you've been doing, this is a more, you know... Also, you're much less likely to compare this to Elden Ring directly from mm-hmm. a design perspective, and I think Horizon, you are, whereas, like, you know, I love Horizon, but there's moments where, like... You know, I don't really agree with a lot of the whole Horizons trash in open world design compared to Elden Ring, but I certainly see why you'd be comparing the two. And this is gonna this is gonna give you something like just much so so divorced from what Elden Ring and Horizon are doing that like you're either gonna like find it incredibly refreshing or like just not engaging compared to what you could be playing otherwise. And I'm feeling the latter. But yeah, I can definitely see how someone would feel the former. This game never settles into a pattern. So I was no. talking about Tiny Tina, about how it felt repetitive after a while. I never feel that way with this game because you can choose what you want to do, and they're all so varied on their own. So like I said, if, if, I, if you get tired of this amusement park world, and I will say this, by the time I, I'm ready to fight the boss in each area, I am pretty much sick of the motif that's in that area. Mm-hmm. But if, you do, if that does happen to you, you can just start picking some of the little side things along the way, um, and you're still gaining something that's worthwhile because that yeah, helps I, you upgrade Kirby's ability. I did find the side things a little annoying because they're timed. They Some of them are, not all of them. Uh, most of the ones, I, all the ones I played were like, I mean, you just got to complete them and you'll get the, the, the rare star or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. then there's the whole like, oh, well, the target time was this and that drives me nuts. No, um, I just complete them. I don't care. I don't care if I get like the, the superstar or whatever on each one of them. All I care about is being able to keep going forward and the game is good at that. Like, like I said, you don't have to go back and replay levels because you're like, oh, I need three more Waddle Dees. Then I don't have enough to like unlock the boss fight in this area. At least mm-hmm. I never had to. Yeah, and there's a lot of nice like 
One thing, uh, I don't know why this touch jumped out at me, but when when you start the the the, the beach area, the second world, mm-hmm. and like everybody's got little like flotation rings on them because you're yeah. in the water. Uh-huh. If you throw a bomb, the bomb has like a flotation ring on it. There's which all is really cute like, kinds of cool stuff like that in this game. Like the attention to detail in this game, I'm I'm really impressed by this. I think it's the best Kirby game ever made. I don't know if that's a tough bar really to. I don't know. I haven't played enough of them to really. I played, I played the original, and I played um, whatever the one on sixty four, the Crystal Shards yeah, or whatever. And I played the Robo, the the Mech one. Yep. I think those are the only only ones I've really. Played I played to, a lot of Kirby to any great degree. And this to me is the best in almost every way. It's the best playing Kirby. It's the most variety in a Kirby game. It's the best looking. It appears that the attention to detail and the actual effort that was put into developing this is a whole other tier higher than usually Kirby games get. Kirby has usually been the game that's been neglected by Nintendo, or the franchise that's been neglected. It's, it's B-Teams a lot of times creates the Kirby games. I do not feel like a B-Team made this game. It has a lot of the stuff that great Nintendo games have just all these little hidden things in it that you discover and you're like, oh, wow. Like, they never used to do that with Kirby games. They never went that extra mile to fill in kind of just the basics of the game. Um, Now, uh, one criticism I do have is that the enemies do get a little repetitive. Um, Even, like, way late in the game, a lot of times you're still fighting the enemies that you see in the very first area of the game. Uh, but as far as what you're doing, the levels themselves, how they handle them, how it works with all the mouthfuls, the stuff that you inhale, like, is the creativity to me is just, like, off the charts. I never got bored playing this game, ever. There were times where it was a little too saccharine, and I was like, oh, gosh. Like, I feel like a five-year-old playing this game at times. Yeah, my my times to stop tended to be when I'd finish a chunk of levels and go back to the world map and, like, where it wants you to pick the next level, and I would just be like... No. Yeah. Like I, I, I find it, I find it very easy to stop when I go back to the the world map. Interesting. Basically. I did not find it that way, especially once I unlocked the uh, the home base, the overworld. You could go back and like level up your stuff. Because yeah, that that helped because then it, it it gave it more of a flow. But early on, before that happens, like in the first world, I really struggled getting through the first world. Uh, it took me like three game three game sessions. Oh wow! To do that. Okay. And then once you get through that and it opens up a little more, I was like, okay, so it's not the same thing. You know, now I'm on the beach. It's not the same thing anymore. And you know, you get the the town opens up and like, uh, I guess you can go to that earlier, but there's not really much to do. Uh, until you get the ability to upgrade things, I'm like, I was like, okay, I get, I, I see, I see now. Like, it's not just like, you know, it's not just like mindless complete level, complete level, complete level. Well, the upgrade abilities like, stuff makes a big difference in the abilities. Like, it yeah. completely changes how they work and how effective they are. Uh, so I would, as soon as I knew that I got like a blueprint, because what you have to do is you have to find the blueprint to upgrade, and then you have to have the materials in order to upgrade. But again, those are usually easy to to collect. Uh, but once I upgraded the first one, I was like, oh wow, this makes a huge difference in how you use this. And then every time I get a blueprint and I finish a level, I would immediately go back to home base to level up that Mm -hmm. other ability. But I got totally, I am totally hooked on this game. I have not quite finished it yet. The other thing too is this game is big. Like I've played, I don't know, I I haven't looked at the clock, but my clocks are always wrong anyway because games will sit idle for me for hours sometimes. Yeah, I leave stuff sitting there for too too long to Yeah, so I can never look at my game clock, like, but I would say roughly I've probably spent 13, 14 hours playing this so far. And the last time I saw the percentage, it said I was at like 30% or something like that. 
So, and I know a lot of that is like how much crap that you've collected and I don't really pay attention to that stuff. So I'm not collecting a lot of it, but it's a pretty big game. This isn't one of those games that you're going to play for like eight hours and it's going to be done. Now I would argue that with the hardest difficulty setting still being really easy and there's not a lot of incentive to go back and play it again. Like you can skip past kind of all the little side missions that I was talking about. You don't have to play hardly any of those unless you want to level up your power-ups. Um, so, you know, if you skip those, like maybe you run out of content to go back and play again. But for the most part, when you finish this, you're probably going to be finished with it. I don't think most people are going to want to go back and 100% it or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm having a hell of a good time the first time through. Again, my favorite Kirby game ever. Yeah. I just also I feel like um, the thing that's gonna be this to me is Lego Star Wars. Yeah, I could see that. Like, but I do, you know, I I do again not to be repetitive today, but like I can totally see myself going back to this in like July mm. when I have nothing else to play, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I want right now. Yeah. Um, you know, because I don't like I don't disagree with anything you're saying really. It's just not doing it for me right now. Uh, even that, it's like a little, little Mario Sunshine, little, little, little Mario Sunshine. Yeah, that's what there. I'm saying. Like, as I kept playing this game, like more stuff like this just kept being rolled out. Mm -hmm. It's just I, at first I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, and then every stage there was something else that was, oh, that's kind of cool, and it just keeps adding up. Uh, I see Squeegee Muffin says eight and a half hours main, extras eleven hours. I mean, I've played that more already, and uh, again, maybe. That 37% is, like, maybe the 60% of what it's trying to count is just dumb collectible stuff. I don't know. Um, but I've already played that much, and my meter says, like, 37%. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe there is only one main area left. I'd be a little disappointed if that were the case. But it seems like the game is anywhere near wrapping up for me. Um, and I've already played it a ton. And I've already, honestly, like, if I had bought this at full price and Nintendo hadn't sent it to me... I would not feel ripped off right now what I played of it. So um, I wholeheartedly recommend this for people who are Kirby fans. Absolutely. Again, I think it's the best Kirby game ever. Um, but I think games that you're looking to play with your kids, because this is cooperative as well. You can play it cooperatively with your kids if you want to. And I just had fun playing it in general. Now, I will say this. It is so kid-oriented and so cutesy. That there were times that I thought to myself, it's a little weird that I'm sitting here playing this by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I talked about in today's Good Morning, or actually the day before's Good Morning Gaming, was looking at quote-unquote kitty games in 2022. Um, and how it was like a different discussion back in 1996 because a lot of the quote-unquote kitty games were literally the best-looking and best-playing games on the market. Mm -hmm. But now, like... You can play adult-oriented games that play and look just as well, or better in a lot of cases. And so my impressions of quote-unquote kitty games have kind of changed over the years. And this is a quote-unquote kitty game. And I did feel a little strange at times. I was like, man, if like an adult walked in the room and saw me playing this by myself. Hey, like going to put you on a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is cooperative, so you can play it with your kids if you want to. And I know a lot of our... Uh, patrons and our listeners and viewers do have kids at this point they're older um and i think this would be a great game to play with your kids because i really enjoyed it on my own and playing it along with one of your kids um and enjoying something like this together i think could be really awesome so i recommend this game wholeheartedly i've had a ton of fun with it also graphically the game is a stunner 
Mm-hmm. It has all kinds of graphical trickery in it that you don't see in a lot of Nintendo games, like fur shading all over the place, yeah, bump mapping. Look, like, it looks real clean, and like there's a surprising amount of detail in everything. Yeah, it's almost um, crowded. Runs really well. Yeah, um, loads really fast. Like there's, yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, there's, there's. I don't really have anything negative to say about this game. Yeah, really, it's they did a really good job. Yeah, I'm really impressed with it. Like I, it's just one of those games that I'm pleasantly surprised by. Like it may be. When we do our Game of the Year awards at the end of the year, where it's like we have the category like most pleasant surprise, this is my early pick yeah, right here. This is, uh, yeah, like but, I, like I w- there's an element of me, there's part of me that's just like I wish I was in a better frame of mind for it. Right? Yeah, now. like it just isn't. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I Elden Ring does kind of take over your psyche a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm like level 210 in there <laughs> yeah. now. I've, I've been playing that game a long time. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played it anywhere near as much as you have, but I can see what it does. It does kind of change your mood when you're playing mm-hmm. it, not just because of its difficulty or whatever, just the tone of the game and everything yeah. about it. It's, it's also like that That mood is much more close to how I want to feel right now or how I am right now. And yeah. like, Kirby is a little too happy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's like I remember back in the day, and I was like 18 or 19, I used to hang around with these uh, sharp skinheads. They were in, in sharp stands for skinheads against racial prejudice. So they were skinheads, but they were anti-racist skinheads, and they would go around looking for Nazi skinheads. Anyway, I've, I've told the story about hanging around with these guys before, but one time we were at a, uh, a bonfire party. We were all standing around drinking, and these yuppie dudes showed up. They were friends of the guy who was throwing the party. And we were only kind of friends with him, and he was kind of preppy or whatever. And um, we're standing around the fire, and these dudes show up. And we were listening to, like, punk rock music at the bonfire and, like, alternative and indie stuff. And these dudes roll up in this Jeep and park next to the fire and just start playing their own music. Mm. And so my friends were immediately were like, oh, what is going on here? And then they started playing, like, really corny music, like the B-52s and stuff. <laughs> And uh, oh, you, you know that is classic rock today, kids. <laughs> now it is. The final breaking point was they played Shiny Happy People. <laughs> and my one skinhead friend walked over to the guy and he's like, look, man. He's like, I was tolerating this shit for a while. He's like, but I just reached my breaking point. And the guy goes, what's wrong with you, man? You don't like Shiny Happy People? And he stepped right up to him nose to nose and said, I hate Shiny Happy People. <laughs> and that, and then I they, am neither shiny nor happy. And then they fought. Oh, wow. They literally got in a fist fight, and the, the whole party got ruined. That is, that is not what Michael Stipe would have wanted. <laughs> but anyway, talking about tone, like, this is like the shiny happy people video game. Mm. If, if video games were at a bonfire, this would be shiny happy people that would piss off my skinhead yeah, friends. So. I'm, I'm much more in a, uh, uh, a radio song, Losing My Religion <laughs> place right now. So. It's a funny story. At the, at the very least, Man on the Moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that when he just said, I hate shiny I happy people. I hate shiny happy people. <laughs> That's hilarious. So anyway. Now, if you want to really make that fight happen, you go, That's funny because you are pretty shiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get hit first. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, just a funny anecdote. But anyway, I love Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, I've had a blast with it. I fully recommend buying it at full price. Um, hide while you're playing it if you don't have kids. <laughs> if you don't want to feel a little embarrassed uh, playing it. But if you have kids, to me, it's a no-brainer. Or if your wife walks in while you're playing that and look, gives you the look, you just go, Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think my wife doesn't care if I play nah, games like this. And in fact, she'll be like, can I play too when she sees games like this? Yeah, I'm sure she'd prefer Kirby to like whatever. Oh, dude, Elden bounce, Ring bouncy sends her running, game. dude. She's like, oh my God, this is like demons or whatever. Demons? <laughs> yeah. 
demons. Yeah, she hates stuff like that. So uh, it's it's me, your boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Switch exclusive, which I failed to mention, but I think you guys have all figured. Yeah, it out. I think we can piece that figure this out right? at this point. Um, but I recommend buying it at full price. I think Weirdly, also on Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it'd be more likely that than PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. I'd say that mm-hmm. much. Um, Although, I don't know. Nintendo tends to not align themselves with a loser. That's true. <laughs> that's a good, well, it doesn't align itself with anybody. No. Because <laughs> so, they think everyone's a loser. Right. By default, it won't align itself with I don't losers. know. They, they play nice with Microsoft now and then. <laughs> that's true. A little bit. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, go buy it. I think it's well worth the purchase. It came out on Friday. Um, and I'm having a ton of fun with it. And I will absolutely finish that game. I, just, I did finish... Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, and that was like the first game I had finished in like forever. <laughs> I think I might finish this one. It's nice to play some games that aren't like a hundred hours long for once, and I can actually finish them. Um, I agree with Knox. Knox, uh, alternative, I, I I would play the Kirby Sad Dad game, like a, like a God of War revamp of Kirby with a beard and everything. I get with a little puffball. That's the learn from him. Yeah. Fire Native Stadia that still exists. It does kind of. Yeah, they haven't shuttered it yet. But I think it's coming soon. They're just working on like B two B stuff. Like, how do we get it in your TV? And mm-hmm. and they're called. They changed the name now. It's like Google Streaming or something. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a gaming service anymore. Yeah. It's like it's a. It's a streaming div- tool or something. I don't know. Like, My guess is the sta- the consumer facing Stadia doesn't last through the end of the year. No, I think they're going to try to turn it into a business tool of yeah. some kind. Like I, I got a Zoom kind of alternative. If you don't, if you don't want interaction and you just want to like, you know have a convenient way to stream a big meeting to everybody in your company or something you stadia something like that well i think what they'll sell it to tv manufacturers mm-hmm. so that you now when you buy yeah, yeah, TV, integrate the tech for like cloud streaming or whatever yep. like yeah. yeah so it's gonna live but not as we know it i don't think no okay let's move on we're gonna talk about something that just broke that's not zelda getting canceled mfers and that is we finally learned <laughs> about well what we thought was going to be playstation's answer for game pass but as we found out today it in fact really is not that at all it is just a revamp of playstation plus Mm -hmm. and it does not appear that we are going to receive a competitor to game pass at all from playstation at least not in the immediate future i mean not in the sense of a day one thing yeah i mean it is doing game passy stuff yeah except for the first party games on Mm -hmm. day one which is honestly a big chunk of the appeal really 85 percent of the appeal for me Mm -hmm. of game pass is that the other 15 percent is finding new indie games or playing indie games that i would have probably passed on yeah um the big third-party stuff it comes so late to game pass typically mm-hmm. although there's some exceptions obviously um back for blood is one um the shooter we were talking about earlier that was day one on game yeah pass. that was day one that was day one yeah so there are a few but for the most part the third-party stuff is coming pretty late to game pass so to me the big selling point of game pass is getting microsoft's exclusive games day one and getting indie stuff that i would never pay mm-hmm. for but now i'm playing because it's just sitting there waiting for me to play it um and you'll get that part of Game Pass with PlayStation, I think. But what you're going to start seeing now is competition between Xbox and PlayStation to get those games exclusively on their service, I believe, anyway. I think there'll be bidding wars for these indie games, which is great. That just means these small indie developers are going to generate more revenue off their games than they would have otherwise. Their games are going to be in bidding wars. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I can't see many downfalls to that. Can mm, you? Not really. I mean... 
Mm. I don't know. This this really turned out to be nothing mm -hmm. in the end. Like that, yeah. The essential level is just the same PlayStation Plus we've already had, and well, that's certainly what nothing. I intend to stick with. So uh, to me, it's basically a non-event. Yeah, it ended up being nothing. Also, because we already knew this information, right? Because it had been broken by Jason Schreier at Bloomberg right. and but other people. A lot people. of times, there's like a little more to it, or like there's it's like there really nah, wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> But we'll run through the final information for you guys because you may not have seen episodes where we talked about this prior. Uh, starting in June, PlayStation Plus will be available as a three-tiered service. Um, there are tiers called Essential, Extra, and Premium. Essential is the cheapest. It is $10 a month. However, it is basically just what you know PlayStation Plus as right now. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You get two free games a month that come with PlayStation Plus. You get to play games online. Um and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. They have not taken away the annual cost. So I was worried that $10 a month, that's a lot. It's $120 a year. And I'm paying 60 right now. It's mm. double. They're not taking away the annual cost. So you'll still be able to buy the base essential version, which is what PlayStation Plus is right now, uh, for 60 bucks a year, which is great, huge, thank God. If they do take it away, we got problems. Mm. Um, however, Jim Ryan said that two-thirds of all their PlayStation Plus subscribers are annual. So he made a point to mention that, which means to me he's saying, look, we're not taking this away. Yeah. Um, and there are, by the way, 48 million PlayStation Plus subscribers, Matt. Are you surprised by that? I mean, not really. Not at this point. Yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Mul just multiply that by but 60. If you want to play multiplayer. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the essential tier, which is basically what you have right now if you have PlayStation Plus. Then there's the extra tier. Um, and let me make sure I get this correct. Um, the extra tier... Uh, it's buried in my notes. Oh, is 100 per year. It includes up to 400 PS4 and PS5 games for downloadable play, not streaming play. The premium tier, which is the most expensive, is 120 per year. It adds an extra 340 games on top of the 400 from PS4 and PS5. The 340 games come from PS1, PS2, PSP, plus PS3 via the cloud. Mm -hmm. So they've not figured out a way to make PS3 work natively on the hardware. Um, you cannot download PS3 games. And they won't. And they probably never will, unfortunately. Uh, but the PS3 games will be there. You just got to play them via the cloud. Um, that also So basically, the premium just rolls in PlayStation Now, which is the game streaming stuff. And it's, and also, some of the PS1, PS2, and PSP stuff, not all of that is going to be downloadable. Some of that will mm. also be streamed instead of played. Yeah, they're very natively. vague on that. Yeah, they the, they real, were very vague. Like They provided hardly any information. As far as the big first-party games that will be launching with the service in June, they announced Death Stranding, God of War from 2018, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Marvel Spider-Man, Mortal Kombat 11, which is a third-party game, which is strange, and Returnal. I mean, they're um, practically giving Mortal Kombat 11 away at this point. They so are. Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, existing PlayStation Now customers, which all five of you, <laughs> I think there's actually two or three million, will migrate to PlayStation Plus Premium at no extra cost right now. So I don't know how long they're going to give you that grandfathered grace period, but at first you'll keep paying the same PlayStation Now charge and you'll be upgraded to PlayStation Plus Premium. Um, essentially, PlayStation Now is now dead. Yeah. 
because the name is gone. It's this now. Yeah. It's PlayStation Plus Premium. It's now... PlayStation was. Right. <laughs> That's good. Um, Jim Ryan offered a couple quotes because it, Games Industry interviewed him, and they're like, they want to know, like, what's the plan? Is the plan to eventually have first-party games day and date on the service? And here's what he said. Um, we feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, and we think our, our gamers like that cycle. In terms of putting our own games into this service or any of our services upon the release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel is if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. Do you believe any of that, Matt? No. I don't either. But I know why he had to say it that way. So, Why did he have to say it that way? PR. Like yeah. you can't just come out and say that. Like, like we can't. We're not. We don't want to. You know, it doesn't make financial sense for us to give away stuff the way Microsoft does because our stuff sells. So, like, we're just gonna come up with sort of a weird shadow of what they do, and we're gonna have that in place in case we need to deal with it later. Do you think that it would be smart to do this though once all these games as a service that Sony is investing in are released? Because you're relying on building an audience there mm -hmm. to keep buying microtransactions and feeding into the ecosystem. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't fleece the early adopters first. <laughs> okay, that makes like, sense. And, you know, a year later, sure, you throw that on there and you're like, okay, now if you want to play, you know, whatever Bungie just made for us, like, there you go. It's, it's, it's on, it's part of the PlayStation premium thing. You can get that for no extra charge, but otherwise you got to pay 60 bucks for it. Um. And also the monthly charges for these, by the way, the base... Like as soon as it hits PC, yeah, maybe it goes like PlayStation Premium. The monthly charges for this actually ended up being higher than what was reported. It's $10, $15, and then $18 a month mm. for basically PlayStation Now and everything. A good heavy rain. That'll get me to cough <laughs> up another 8 bucks a month. But this is what you're looking at, though. I mean, yeah. with, play with this stuff... Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, it's not like I'm uninterested in the idea like the, the this middle tier the extra tier where it's just like oh a, a, like a you know kind of like the playstation greatest hits thing where you got a library of like a i'm like what in that am i possibly not going to already have right yeah you know like it, i don't I, it's not it's not for me i'll tell you that much mike's q says notice the yearly cost of premium 120 is the same as essential tier at monthly yeah yeah well both 120 bucks uh, and then he did kind of leave a parting shot, a quote that might give us a little bit of hope. He said, the way the world is changing so uh, very... Darkness, too. Look at that. Somebody, how <laughs> weird. You bring up the darkness last week, and here it is Yeah, again. and here it is. That's the kind of stuff you're going to get, though, on these services. Yeah, absolutely. It's like... <laughs> uh, the way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever, he said. <laughs> Who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC. So he's basically leaving the door open for PlayStation to change its mind. And essentially what I would say is that if they find out that Game Pass is killing it 
and turning a huge profit. Yeah. Then They've got this in place. They're going to let Microsoft be the guinea pig, mm-hmm. although good luck getting the data, because you know Microsoft does not want to yeah. share that data. But they just they just want something in place that they can, they can adapt and use if they need to, because they don't want to be caught flat-footed if this turns out to be the way of the future. Um, but otherwise, it's a pretty half-hearted stab in that direction. Yeah, one thing I try to keep in mind when I think about this stuff is that Everyone's not like me. They haven't been playing games since the 70s. They haven't played all this stuff already because they haven't been Mm -hmm. a games journalist for the last 20-some years. So if you're a 13, 14-year-old kid and you're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, the darkness too, ha-ha. He's like, oh, the darkness too. Like, as generations come on and they come online as far as being able to make their own purchase decisions as they turn 18 and... Then I maybe I there's a market for this stuff, but do I they wouldn't want consider to... like darkness too to be something to pass on to the next generation. Necessarily, some of this is like okay, but like some of it's like okay, cool journey. And but some of it is like Spec Ops: The Line. Like if you haven't played Spec Ops: The Line by now, there might be a reason. Yeah, uh, it's nice that Heavenly Swords on there. It's too bad that that game has basically been lost. That franchise in the, is in the lost. It's not a franchise; it's one game. Right. Yeah, I mean um, they never made another one. Uh, but it's like. You know that that game's trapped on the on the PS3 forever, apparently. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially now that uh, Ninja Theory is uh, at Microsoft. Well, now you can stream it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Exactly. Um, Vincent brings up the Game Pass didn't start with day one releases either. You're right, but it's that doesn't matter now because it does have day one releases. It's like you, they came up with the idea first, and so they got a grace period. PlayStation doesn't have that grace period. It has yeah, to. It's Microsoft like, wasn't competing against anything else. Yeah, it's not like you can put a phone out now without a touchscreen and be like, well, like, yeah. phones didn't have touchscreens before the iPad. It's yeah, not, but things change. Yeah, it's not like, like you're BlackBerry and, and you can show up and yeah, be like, oh, well, now we have a touchscreen and now we're better than that. Like, it doesn't work that way. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. No, like, but you can't it's, act that, like it just, hasn't existed. That's the evidence that they are not, you know... Sony is not convinced that Game Pass and the way it works with the day one stuff is the way to success for them here. They just are putting this in place in part because I'm sure PlayStation now is just sort of sitting there languishing, but also because they want if if game if it becomes undeniable that Game Pass is the method by which the mass consumers want to consume their games, Sony wants to be ready to be able to pivot on that. But if they never have to do that, I don't think this service is going to really change too much. That was my next question. Why is PlayStation doing this at all? That's why. Like covering their, they're covering their bases <laughs> for the future. They're fu- trying to future proof, yeah. But don't you think getting rid of PlayStation now was the, the right call to do that? Well, they didn't get rid of it. They just got rid of the name, right? But they but they had a differentiator before. Like they had this other service called PlayStation Now that people were like, that's different than PlayStation Plus. But now it's not. It's just rolled into it. Yeah, I think this is better. You think it's a better idea? Yeah, PlayStation, nobody knew what PlayStation Now was, and like the idea was different. How was that different from PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Network? Like no, like it was poorly explained. It had the same initials as PlayStation Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just having it be an extra service you get from the online service makes more sense and is less confusing to most people. Okay. That's not to say that the idea of like, oh, you can't download this, you have to stream it. Why? Well, because it's on PS3. Well, what's because PS3. now you're already in the weeds. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but like if you just kind of sort of get people to accept, it's like, okay, there's a streaming uh, tier to this. Like, fine. You don't need to call it something else. Like, it doesn't need to be a separate thing. Now, the big question: Do you think we'll ever see PlayStation first-party games released day and date on PlayStation Plus? No. Never, ever? Not unless that becomes an imperative through Game Pass's success. And it is not yet. Yet. Like, if there becomes a point where, like, you're just seeing, like, oh, God of War Ragnarok came out and it sold 2 million copies. Because nobody buys games anymore. 
because they want a day and date with their Game Pass equivalent. Like, I guess then, but that's not going to happen. Like, this, you know, maybe I guess there might come a day when, like, you want to do that with uh, new IPs you're not sure about or think, you know, like, days gone or something. I mean, I think we but, can assume that PlayStation's games are going to continue to sell as well as they are. They're going to yeah. keep selling $20 million a piece. But do you think there's ever going to be a day where that's not the way to make the most money off the game? No. Not Never for ever? Not for Sony. No. I think, you know, I don't, I don't foresee a point at which, um, unless you're forcing people into the premium for that, and it doesn't sound like what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, I don't see a point where you're going to make more money milking subscribers uh, with the, with the carrot on the stick of, of a day one release for no extra charge than you're going to make selling 15 to 20 million copies of a, of a product. Like okay. the, 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 especially now that you're charging 70 bucks. Like I, I just don't think the economics add up there. Uh, uh, one day they might, depending on the critical mass of things, but I don't, if it is, it's not going to be on PS5. Chat brought up something that we forgot to mention actually. And that is that also, if you get the highest, the premium level PlayStation Plus, you get the limited game trials. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the 700 games and the streaming on PlayStation Now. I don't think that that means they're going to be taking demos away from us. From no, the- I think demo- demos, I think, are up to the publisher, really. Yeah. I mean, maybe you won't get demos of Sony games. How would you feel about that? I rarely bother with demos in the first place. Really? So, yeah. I mean, I play them a lot for for the show. Unless I'm not sure about something. Yeah. I mean, I use them a lot for the show for preview coverage. If we want to talk about a game yeah. like, before it comes out. Um, I'm but not if gonna... that happens, then I'll just invest in the premium and I'll pay for it. But that would yeah, suck. I'm, I'm more willing. <laughs> I'm more willing to uh, uh, get the get a game. Uh, yeah, get a demo of a game if it carries the save over. I guess. Mm-hmm. But like generally, I don't. You don't play I a don't lot. Care. Of them. Like I, I know what I want to play. I know what I. I generally am not surprised by things. Like I play the demos of some things I'm not sure about. I played the Triangle Strategy demo, you know, mm-hmm. just to see. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing, or the the Octopath demo. Um. Well, like you put out a God of War demo, probably not going to play that unless it's for the show. Like I don't need to be sold on that game. I don't need early, early experience with that game outside of like maybe an event somewhere. Yeah, I think some people just want to play them. Sure, but I mean, but I'm also certainly not going to double my online the cost cost yeah. every year to play that. I mean, I'm no like the appeal of a demo to me is it's free. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's not free. That's you know, even less free than the you know when we say like oh it's free on Game Pass. Not really because you're paying for Game Pass, but like. There's a there's a critical mass there that where it feels free, whereas like now that you've moved this thing that's supposed to get me interested in buying a game to a paid tier subscription service, that's a weird move to me. How much value is there in it for you? Let's say if the game trials ended up being you can play God of War, the next one, Ragnarok, for five hours, mm-hmm. um, up to five hours, and your save transfers over. Would that be something that would entice you towards that higher tier? No. No? Because I'm still going to buy that game, so why yeah. spend that extra money? Well, you can play it earlier. And, Don't care. And your save transfers over. And Don't care. Do you think there's value for other people with that? Not to the degree that I think it would be a game a deal breaker for yeah. that. For that Chat, what do you service. guys think? Would you be willing to pay a little more? But like, if I'm not going to get that game day and date as part of that same service, hell no. Yeah. I'm still pay, spending 70 bucks. Yeah. So now I'm spending another $18 that month to play that demo? No. Yeah. That doesn't do anything for me. Now, because now I basically spent $88. Because the other th- part of that is I don't see any weird indie games that I'm going to discover on that server. I, I just see a bunch of games I already have, I've already played, and I see a lot of streaming stuff that I will never touch because streaming games sucks. Mm-hmm. So, that, and, I, and most of the stuff that I'd want to have 
you know, move forward and, and get off the PS3, I have on PS3. But they run better on PS3 because they're not in the fucking cloud. So mm-hmm. where's the advantage to me? Nothing. How do you There's think they're there. doing the PS3 streaming, Matt? Same as they always have. You think they're playing it on a PC? I don't know. how does, PlayStation Now has had streaming PS, PS3 games for years. How do I they know. How do they do it, do you think? Probably some kind of like dev station server farm kind of stuff. I wonder. Because obviously the reason the PS3 is streaming only is because it's hard to emulate. Yeah. So it's like they can't just have a PC sitting there playing it. Do you think they have physical PS3 sitting there? I think they probably have dev kit yeah. style things. Like, like I think, it's crazy I, I think they about. are on PC. I think it's like what you'd use to, for dev stuff, with probably the extra RAM or something, right. that kind of thing. I think that's what it. I think it's farms of those. Interesting. Um, so there you go, PlayStation Plus revamp. That's really all it is. Although Vincent says, that, as he understands, they just do have a bunch of PS3s running. Could be really? either. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. At any rate, however they do it, it sucks. Yeah, it doesn't work because <laughs> you're streaming yeah. it still. And I'm not paying for that, for sure. That's for sure. Oh, one final thing. Do you think that they should have come up with a new name for this instead of just calling it, keeping it PlayStation Plus? Uh, judging by the number of people who have texted me asking what it is already today, yes, they probably yeah. should have come up with a different name. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, which is kind of what I was getting at when I was like, why would you wipe out the PlayStation Now name? Because it seems like they just need something. I mean, something. Play- PlayStation Now doesn't get you anything. That's a shitty name. It yeah. always was. It was a stupid way to try to brand that. But a different name, maybe. I mean, the only advantage here is that it was easy to tell my friends, like, the basic, the essential tier, the basic tier is exactly what you already pay for, and it's not changing the price. Just stick with that. Yeah. And they were fine with it. And I think that's exactly what everyone's going to do. Pretty much. Actually, chat, are are any of you guys interested in upgrading from your typical PlayStation Plus subscription to any of this other stuff? Are any of you guys willing to give more money into either of these two new tiers that uh, PlayStation has created for you guys? Um, Indian Chain says PS3 streaming on PlayStation Now is awful. <laughs> I'm not surprised to see that at all. Um, WNerd123, I can emulate any PS2 game I want on my Xbox Series X. What? So you're pirating. That's not good, bro. That's not pirating, this emulation. But you have the illegal ROMs, right? No, you don't. Oh, it actually plays you, your discs? You, you, I mean, you've, you've jailbroken the Xbox, but you put the emulator in, you put the disc in the system, and it plays it. Oh, okay. That's how my Saturn emulator works. Oh, I didn't realize it was working with discs. That's you can you can also use ROMs, but a lot of people just put their discs in or rip their discs to the hard drive. Okay. Uh, not Cirque. Thank you for Twitch Prime while we're at it. Um, also, piracy doesn't matter that much when it's a 15-year-old game. Oh, Ian Esquire is asking, when is Game Pass or Fail coming back? Stay tuned, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you should mention that. Um, Erebus Jones, can we get a minute's silence for PlayStation Now subscribers who played on PC only? They got seriously screwed today. Is so this none of these play? I, no, I, think, I forgot that even. No, I think these. I I read in the interview with Jim Ryan on Games Industry, he mentioned that you'll still be able to do this stuff on PC. I I don't think that that actually was shut down, Erebus. If I remember correctly, and he says all fifteen of them. You're right, there weren't many. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think it still works on PC. Casey Alpha, I need to know what games are on there first. Fair enough. I mean, we did kind of tell you already um, the games that they're targeting: Death Stranding, God of War, Marvels, both Marvels. Yeah, but they're talking about oh, there's hundreds. So like, yeah. you want to see what that list looks yeah. like? Not Cirque. I will look, wait a lot see. of them. You might be stuff you never played before, but a lot of times, if you haven't played a game that's ten years old, there's a reason you haven't played it yet. And it's Everyone's not you no. Heard Everyone is no. Not a chance. As long as Game Pass is better value from Veritas. Yeah, I just don't see the point. I will wait and see. No, no, I am not upgrading. Hard pass. No, you'd have to pay me. No, nope. 
Um, I guess it depends on the quality of the catalog. We haven't seen that. That's true. That's from Cinetike. Um, Gino Mike, I'd like to see a list of games, but I think sticking with Essential, yeah. Sounds like everyone's just going to do what I'm going to do and just stay with the base plan. There's nothing enticing about the other tiers. <laughs> Vincent says, I'm just upset that my clever PlayStation Now or Never sequel series will need a new name if it happens. <laughs> There's Game Pass or Fail in PlayStation Now or Never. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. Everyone's nope. Wampler, Nightwing. Um, Mr. Starwalker doesn't even have PlayStation Plus. Uh, yeah, it looks like everyone's saying no. Yeah. So is this a big failure, Matt? <laughs> I mean, it certainly seems to be a failure in the kind of the gaming enthusiast circles. Uh, we'll see how it does. But like I said, I think they're just future-proofing. I don't think they're... Looking at the pricing and how they're doing this, it seems like they don't really care if you subscribe to the higher-level stuff. Yeah. Like they it's like keep, a bonus. It's they like... want to keep those two-thirds of annual subscribers on the on the essential and if anybody up upsells great but otherwise nothing really changes for them except they no longer have this weird vestigial playstation now limb hanging off the brand mm-hmm. you know now it's all kind of self-contained and it that looks a little better now there is something to be said for branding and playstation has spent a lot of time and money branding playstation plus so on some level i can understand why they've and certainly decided... playstation plus is the successful one right so yeah so Fold that all in. It's all there ready to go if you need to really mobilize to, to combat Game Pass in the future, in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you've sort of like shoved it over there. You no longer have to sit through like investor or, or executive meetings where someone's asking like, well, what about PlayStation Now? Like what's happening with PlayStation Now? It's just sitting there not doing anything. Well, now it's part of PlayStation Plus, which is continually bringing in revenue so you can shut up about it. Yeah. Like, that's basically, I think, what happened here. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. And you can tell how little they value the upper tiers because of what you pointed out that or what the chat pointed out that, you know, the monthly cost, the monthly cost of a, of uh, the mid tier is the same as just subscribing to the yearly for the top tier. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that is not a that is not a, a pricing structure that is uh, valuing those different tiers. That is a pricing structure that's saying, like, go on. Come yeah. on! Like, what are you, what are you, what are you waiting for? Like, you, you, you don't lose anything. Just, just do that. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I should also add that if you're spending ten dollars a month for PlayStation Plus right now, stop it. Yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> Buy the annual subscription for sixty bucks. You're getting gouged. You're paying double what you should be paying for it. So. I don't know why people would do that. Why is there a third of people that are pay- paying for it monthly? Because there's some people who cannot uh, commit s- commit sixty dollars in the same month because they live paycheck to paycheck, so yeah. but they can afford ten dollars a month. And that's how they get you. That's like that the- is how they, the poor stay poor. Right. It's yeah. like it's the it's like the old um, thing in uh, the Discworld books where uh, Vimes talks about how uh, you know you get five get a, a good pair of boots. Uh, for five bucks, or you get a, a cheap pair of boots for five bucks, but you get a good pair of boots for ten bucks. But he can't afford ten bucks, so he gets the five dollar boots. But like, the five dollar boots wear out after a year, and the ten dollar boots last ten years. So he has to buy new boots every year, and then at the end of those ten years, that rich person has spent ten dollars for one pair of boots, and he spent fifty dollars for uh, five pairs of boots. Yep, uh, that last two years each. So somehow he has still spent more than the rich person, and that is how you stay poor. Yeah, the, the, I think the that's the, the, the phrase is it's expensive to be poor. Yeah. It happens yeah. with um, like washers and dryers, refrigerators. Mm-hmm. You can only afford mm-hmm. the very cheapest one. Get the cheap one, and it buy breaks. the cheap one, it breaks in two years. Rich person buys the more expensive one. It lasts, it lasts for like thirty longer, or forty years. It's, it's expensive it. afford, to it's, be poor. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's an endless. The man treadmill. keeping us down, people. 
<laughs> it is that is how it works. And it's though. not like the old days when, like, you know, the, the washer dryer my mom bought a week a month before I was born uh, lasted until I was thirty eight. Oh, my mom's refrigerator from when I was in high school mm-hmm. is still in her basement. Yeah, as like her backup thing where she freezes stuff. Yeah, a bunch of the appliances that were around for my whole life in that house we only got rid of because my mom moved. Right, or like, they oh, just got ugly. Yeah. Or, or no, we're like, well, they we're, didn't match the, the kitchen. She was moving anymore. in with my sister, so we're like, well, they're into a new house, so we're just like, well, we'll just get new. Yeah. Stuff, but like yeah. all that stuff still worked. Yeah. Like it was, you know, it's... same deal with the stock market. Like the stock market is just a license to make money. Like mm-hmm. it is. Is you keep your money in the stock market, you're going to make roughly 12% every year. It's just going to happen. But poor people can't afford to put the money down in the stock market to make mm-hmm. the money. It's just and that's also capitalism. and that's also where the hidden stuff goes because you talk about tax, you know, oh the tax the rate, tax rate for the executives and the CEOs is that yep. yeah I mean but and sometimes you you win that fight but that's because the the salary is not where those people make them. the money comes from capital gains comes yep. from investments and that's where the taxes RSUs uh, yeah. waiting for those to vest and then you hold them if you hold them over a year which rich people can do because yep. they don't need the money then the tax that you pay on it is like nothing. Yeah, or like the C- CDs, which are not as good as they used to be in the 80s and 90s. We used to be, you throw like $30,000 in that thing, you don't touch it for three years, and it's almost, you know, you get 50% return. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work anymore, but it used to. Yeah, uh, it's, hard it's, to it's hard to get over the hump, yeah. man. So that's why. That's also why layover exists. You yeah. Know? It's, or layaway exists, yeah. not layover. That's that's flying. Yeah. Um, no, you're right, though. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. And, and you, you couch it as like, oh, it's good for you. But in, in reality, it's like, you know, it's like... It's like a mortgage loan. You're like ninety percent of what you pay every month goes to the interest, not to the actual loan. Rent a center, same just, deal. Yeah, Where you just, go and like rent TVs they just by keep the month. You there. Yeah, they just keep you in that yeah, treadmill. Anyway, there you go. Sony. There's the non PlayStation Plus upgrade. And ultimately, you're right. Like it ended up being a huge disappointment and like almost a non-story. Yeah, I mean that's not surprising to me. Yeah. That, like. I mean, how exciting is an, is an online subscription service going to be one Game way or the Pass other? Game Pass is pretty exciting. Yeah, but we didn't know that when they announced it. Right. Yeah, well, they morphed it eventually into yeah. something that became really exciting. But yeah. now it's like, you know, I mean, the, the Game Pass stuff was sort of like, what? Mm-hmm. You're doing what? That seems weird. Kind of desperate. And yeah. it was, but it worked. But it, it worked. Yeah. Uh, and now you're, I think this is just, Sony is recognizing that this might be a successful model going forward and they want a, a framework in place for it if they need to pivot that way. Yep. But meanwhile, I think they're happy to have everybody just still subscribe to PlayStation Plus and putter along like they have been uh, and buy their $70 games when they come out on launch day just like they always have. Yep. So there you go. We'll we'll come back and talk about this again probably in June when it launches. Like I'll I'll get like the ultimate tier at least for a month to try it out for you guys. I'll jump on the grenade for you guys so you guys don't have to spend the money and I will let you know if it's worth the cash or not. I'm guessing it probably won't be, uh, particularly for me because I have all these games already. Yeah. Uh, but I'll try to keep an open mind and look at it from the perspective of someone who isn't like me, who maybe is 18 to 30 years old. And doesn't have this huge collection of video games sitting at home like I do. Um, and maybe it you know, might be more But viable. hopefully it has a really fast internet connection. Yeah, you're right. Because a lot of this, it does seem like it's going to be streaming. A lot of streaming. Yeah. yeah. Which is really not a non-starter for yep. me. Yep. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next. I don't remember what we're talking about next. About another subscription service. We're going to go from PlayStation Plus to Grand Theft Auto Plus. Matt. Have you heard about this story? Not really. Although it sounds a lot like somewhere you'd go to buy oil. <laughs> like Grand Theft Auto Plus? GTA Plus. Yeah. Like... 
So, as we, as you well know, um, Rockstar just released Grand Theft Auto V for PlayStation mm-hmm. 5 and Xbox Series. And the game's over a decade old. And I kind of wondered, like, why are they bothering shouldn't Grand Theft Auto 6 be around the corner? Blah, blah, blah. And now I really wonder why they're bothering because they announced Grand Theft Auto Plus, which is a subscription service for Grand Theft Auto Online that costs you $6 a month. And for that $6 a month, you get like half a million dollars of in-game currency, which if you pay for that on your own, it costs $10 of real money. And Mm -hmm. again, it's $6 a month. Um, And you're getting half a million dollars of that. And then you're getting, I'll be honest with you, Matt, all this stuff that I could not even understand what they were talking about. Because the verbiage in that thing, to even understand what they're offering for the $6 per month, you have to be dyed-in-the-wool GTA online player. Um, and there's a lot of those. There Apparently there are, because it's making money hand over fist off GTA online. I should also add that people have brought to my attention that if you have not played Grand Theft Auto online for a long time, that you will be shocked at what it's become. And I am guilty. I have not played GTA online in forever. Um and so what I've heard is that there's actual like campaign style content now in GTA Online. When mm-hmm. was the last time you checked it out? Um, years and years ago, probably around the time the Heist DLC came out, which I don't even remember when that was. Must have been 2015, 2016. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I saw they did like story driven stuff like a few months ago last year or sometime. I just didn't. I don't care. Yeah. I did play for a while. I probably put like, like 100 hours into GTA Online, and, and all told. And I enjoyed it. Oh, 100 enjoyed, hours. Wow. Yeah, I enjoyed Not at the time it launched, but when Heist came out, my online group, which was still together at the time, like played it a lot. We did all the heists, and we did all the stuff, and um, you know, played for a long time, and did the, the multiplayer crap, which none of us liked, but we wanted to do it so we could buy stuff. We bought the planes and all this. You know, like, so we, we did play a pretty extensive amount, uh, and then just sort of stopped. Because we felt why like did seen, you stop? We felt like we just sort of seen everything. We didn't want to keep doing the heists over and over again. We'd done tons of the random open world stuff. It was sort of time to move on. So you had done the heist multiple, the same heist multiple times over. Yeah, and Yeah, because there were like what? There were like three of them or something. Three or four. I don't even remember. It's been so long. We did, we did all of them until we got all the achievements from them, and that was it. That wasn't easy. Like and there was a, there was a, there was some really dumb achievements in that. So ultimately, though, they're in a nutshell. There just wasn't enough content to keep you engaged. No. Yeah. Um. Why do you think, what does this tell you? So does it seem insane to you that Rockstar would just now launch this subscription service to GTA Online? And why would it wait until now to do this? Well, it kind of comes hand in hand with the uh, the next-gen upgrade. Um, so that makes some sense. And I think some of also, this... Also, by the way, GTA Online is free if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber right now. And I think this is also somewhat future-proofing uh, what they're going to do with uh, 6. You know, 6 is obviously going to have some kind of massive online component. Or it's going to come hand-in-hand hand with a big upgrade to GTA Online in general. Like, they're going to add a bunch of 6-style content to online when 6 comes out. Does this tell you that it's probably going to be the same thing in Grand Theft Auto 6? I would think so. I, I would expect that the that what will happen with GTA Online when GTA 6 hits is GTA Online is just going to get a bunch of more locations. It's not. It's just not going to just be San Andreas anymore. You can tell how old this footage is because I have a beard. <laughs> hmm. 
my character has a beard. I when I created my character, I created him to look like me, and I haven't had a beard in like years. So that tells you how old this footage is. That's been sitting on the TriCaster all this time. Um, do you think that's a good idea? See, to me, I figured when Grand Theft Auto Six launched that they would just wipe GTA Online and they'd launch a new GTA Online. Not a chance. You think that it's going to be the same thing? I mean, they might revamp everything and like there might be a big upgrade with like the engine and everything. But I don't think they're going to wipe your progress or anything, no. Really? I think, I think you're going to still have uh, San, you know, Los Santos and San Andreas available to you. You're just also going to be able to go to the places that GTA 6 has. Because what we're seeing right now... With, Especially if Pactor's right. Yeah. What we're seeing right now with Call of Duty Warzone is that they're screwed. Mm-hmm. Because they built it on the Modern Warfare engine. And that engine was not made to do what they need to do with it. Like, they can't... They didn't build that engine to sh- to have 300 guns on each map. It just it can't, and so they they are struggling to create map rotations in Call of Duty Warzone. Thus, why we, we wondered why are they going to launch Warzone two? That's why because they need to build a new engine and a new framework to build it on so that they can do the things that they need to do like other games as a service, ongoing battle royale shooters. So. I, do you feel like they're going to adapt the existing GTA engine and make it work? I mean, I don't know what they're doing internally with that, but I guarantee you that it is going to be a a dovetail continuation of what GTA Online is. It's not going to be a restart. Huh. Not a chance in hell. Especially if they're doing this now. Like, you don't launch a new serv- a subscription service and then wipe it all out and start over again in a few years. Um, this is This is definitely... Uh, how they're moving forward with this, and I think you know, I think you'll you'll be able to play this. That's the trick, is I think you'll be able to play this on PS4 and on PS5, and on PS5 it's going to look amazing, and it's, but it's still going to run on PS4. I think they're going cross-platform, cross-generation, cross everything with this thing. They want they want GTA Online to last basically forever. Like they're trying to do this permanent platform thing that I think everybody should have been trying to do, but GT but Rockstar seems to be thinking you know further out than anybody else. Do you think this ensures that once again we're going to get no single player DLC for Grand Theft Auto 6? I would guess that's a pretty good bet. Mhm. Didn't get I any for say. Red Dead Redemption 2. So, yep. Um that's just not where the money is. And I will always believe that the heists were cut out of the single player campaign yeah. of GTA 5 because GTA 5 is missing a middle act. And Rock look Rockstar has taken so long. Like I be- I could believe that they're doing what you're saying, mm-hmm. where they're like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to have to build like this new tech to run GTA Online on PS5 and mm-hmm. Xbox Series and whatever comes and after that. Port everything over, and that's not where I mean, we're building San Andreas again. Like they have the anyway. time to do yeah, that. Sure. They I just the, wonder how they have the that- time, the bandwidth, the money. I mean, it's it's all there. Yeah. If anyone can do it, they can. And migrating all that data over is more difficult than you think, though. Yeah, I mean, they have to recreate everything. I mean, even Microsoft couldn't get all that right with all the Avatar stuff people bought. Some exactly. Of that stuff never came, it never came through. Yeah. But Avatars don't make money the way GTA makes money. It's true. So. Um, I don't know. It almost feels like Rockstar might want to do what Activision's doing with Warzone, though. It's just bite the bullet and be like, yeah, it sucks that we're going to have to kind of wipe what we've done with GTA Online, but if you're setting yourself up for a future that you can build on forever, it kind of is worth it. But I don't think they need to do that because they've already got that. 
Yeah. They just need to bring it over. It's all their own engine. Like, it's all their own tech. They, yeah. could, they could have built that from the ground up to be compatible with this. That's true. You that know? would take a lot of foresight, though, that every That's, other studio hasn't really had. But Rockstar thinks in decades. It does. That's true. And they know, especially because of how long it takes them to make the single-player stuff, they know that GTA Online is what is going to keep that company's doors open forever. Forever. Would you rather have a new and better GTA Online or single-player DLC? Oh, I'd rather have single-player DLC. Me too. But I'm not going to get that. Yeah, me too. And that's fine. Is Whatever. there any reason why they couldn't create legitimate single-player DLC inside GTA Online? Uh, there's no reason, like, creatively or technically, no. But the reason is because if you go on and put it in GTA Online... Because, you know, the last big update for GTA Online was solo. You know, was narrative DLC. Um, but if you put it in GTA Online, there's a chance those people might buy in-game currency or in-game objects and that's more money for you Mm -hmm. that's where it is that's what it is like there's no reason they couldn't do both or couldn't do either but they're doing the one that makes more financial sense to them yeah would you ever spend six dollars a month on uh any ongoing game i mean i have i mean world of warcraft i guess uh uh, swotor did you? Uh, I subscribed. I still subscribe to Swotor. I have never. I have only I have ever used like to, free um, trials for MMOs. I've never spent. I never paid for an annual I've subscription subscribed for a game. To um, Secret World for a while. Yeah. Uh, a few of them. Not a lot. But like Would a, you do it now in 2022? I still subscribe to Swotor. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. I still play Swotor semi regularly, and I play it whenever the new stuff comes out for it. I, I poke around on it. Okay. And I like to support that game because I think it could. I always like that game. I have never done that, and I don't think I ever will. I mean, I probably I I can't imagine what GTA would have to be to get me to do that for it. Yeah, like that's that's a very different question. Um, but if you did like a GTA Online equivalent where you're running around as a Jedi, I might think about it. Right. Yeah, that changed things for sure. Like I'm gonna be in in all honesty, like you know GTA Six. Obviously, I'm curious. I wanted to, but I'm gonna be honest. Like the GTA setting, the GTA concept is not particularly interesting to me anymore. Like, I don't care about an open world crime game all that mm-hmm. much anymore. I feel like I've done it. Well, we have you know, done it. Many, a lot. Five times. And not just with the GTAs. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah. you know, and sure, I, I'm sure there'll be, like, interesting, compelling ideas they've got. They're gonna, you know, just the scope of it, if what Pactor says is true. Like, you know, there's a lot of that. I'm just like, wow, I really want to see how that works. Yeah. You know, even if I don't think it's a particularly interesting story or a good game, I want to see how that all fits together. You I know? wouldn't be surprised either if that's the concept for GTA Online. Yeah, exactly. And if that is the case, I could also see them having to wipe it and start over. Oh, no. Really? No, no, no. no. Huh. You just expand it. You don't wipe it. I mean, people have spent thousands and thousands of hours and hundreds and hundreds of dollars getting all their stuff. And they're like, there's no reason to wipe all that. All you do is make it I mean, there might be a reason that we don't know about. There isn't. There isn't. Except if you want to fleece everybody and piss everybody off. And they've taken long enough and they have, their tech is compatible enough. I think they don't need to do that. And I think they may have learned a lesson from what happened with the Definitive Editions. Yeah. Um, you want some continuity. You don't want to have to have people throw that stuff out. And if you are planning to do that, it doesn't make sense to launch a subscription service and then wipe everything a little bit later. Because you got to remember you're constantly taking money from these people. Yeah. The only other thing you could do is maybe the GTA Online that comes with GTA 6 is a separate service from the GTA Online that goes with GTA 5, and that doesn't make any sense. That's just confusing. So I think this is just going to become a platform, and they're going to everything that's in here, for the most part, is going to carry over. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I do think you probably make a lot of it obsolete. Like, you you know, maybe you, uh, you know, you can keep your jets and you keep your boats and all the stuff you have in GTA Online, but the new jets and the new boats, way better. 
and, and like, probably way more expensive too. More expensive, yeah. but maybe they can be customized more. Maybe they can you can tweak them more. Maybe they're more interesting. Maybe they're exclusive. Or the other thing is like we're not selling anything from GTA 5's GTA Online anymore. If you have it, it carries over. But nothing new. But nothing. But you can't. You like once this date passes, you can no longer buy those those things uh, from that. So if you're running around in a GTA Five outfit, a GTA Five car, or a plane, you're you're a veteran. You're an, you're elite. Like people, oh, you can't get that anymore. Mm. Like I'm running around in this thing you can't have because you 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 jumped in at GTA Six. Mm-hmm. But I've been here since GTA Five, and I've got all this stuff. You Badge can't of get. honor. So, so that it might be some of that to it too. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. I would at least play with that idea if I were them, but like I'm sure they're thinking about it way more than we are right now. Does this news make you more or less excited for Grand Theft Auto Six? Doesn't change. Doesn't change anything. Yeah, me either. No. I think I, I just at this point I've expected um, that mm. we're not going to get single player DLC for GTA ever. Again. No, I don't think Rockstar's <laughs> I think ever going to do that again. Just accepted it and resigned myself to it. So no. yeah. it, does, it just doesn't make financial sense anymore. Yeah. Although it does for so many other publishers. Yeah, but they don't have the scale that GTA does. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Is GTA Online is so big and so consistent. You can just it, there's no way they're not making more money just by kind of like getting residual, you know, microtransactions off of putting out this these big updates in comparison to charging 30 bucks for it. Cuz and you, you got to remember like even looking at like you know the 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 achievement percentage on some of these and you look at the achievement percentage of some of the DLC stuff and it's like even games were like you know, eighty uh, percent, you know, have the achievements for the f- first half of the game stuff, and then you go play the DLC, and like even the like finish the DLC tutorial level thing is like one point eight percent. You know, people just don't follow up on those. Things. Yeah, I don't. I hardly ever play DLC. Yeah, so like I think it's it's definitely uh, a more lucrative venture to throw it onto the the platform everybody's still playing and hope you get windfall from the microtransaction that certainly seems to work like you're you're still living on the back of that 10% of the population of your game that's like, like the whales mm-hmm. but that's all you need that is all you need yeah they're making money hand over fist mm-hmm. on GTA online so i don't begrudge rockstar for sticking to it um, just selfishly i would prefer oh, the, sure. the old model sure but... it doesn't do me any good yeah, yeah. But like we're it's not it's not gonna happen. Yep. Okay, so there you go. That's the latest on GTA Five and by proxy GTA Six. Um, I think we all kind of expected this. I don't think anyone's gonna be too surprised that GTA Online is gonna continue into the next Grand Theft Auto game. And my guess is there's still a couple more years that GTA Five needs to keep that alive. Oh, a so, number of years. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. All right. will, will we get GTA Six or Elder Scrolls Six first? That's the uh, that's the big that's the, that's the big showdown. <laughs> they should have that prop bet in Vegas. Yeah, I would bet on it. Which one would you bet on? I think we'll see GTA Six first. That's a tough one because Bethesda isn't even done with Starfield yet, right? Whereas I think Rockstar is probably deep in the in the GTA Six right now. I mean, but they're perfectionists, so who knows how long? You can't you can't go by normal dev cycles with Rockstar because they do what they need to do and have no limits. Yeah, but like. I have a feeling GTA 6 will beat Elder Scrolls by a year or so. Yeah. Uh, also, going back to the prior topic, I do think that, and I meant to say this and I didn't, I do think that Starfield is going to be the big litmus test for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to look and see what happens with Game Pass when Starfield comes out, this huge first-party exclusive from Bethesda that's not going to be playable on PlayStation mm-hmm. or anywhere else. Um, and they're gonna and s- notable that it's a new IP, too. Right. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of questions that Starfield might end up answering. Answer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another Gran, but Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo 7. Mm. We talked about the game two weeks ago on Game Face. Something like that. Some, somewhere around there. Um, we both really liked it. 
Have mm-hmm. you continued to play it at all? A little bit. Me too. Yeah, I've stuck yeah. with it a little bit. It's kind of turned into my replacement for Call of Duty a little bit. Like, while I'm waiting mm-hmm. for the wife to get ready to go out to get dinner, like, I'll race and a race or two. A little race. It's, it's, and it's conducive to that, and, and not just because of, you know, how bite-sized racing games are in general, but, like, it's it loads so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, man, if this thing had load times, I would probably play it way less. But the uh, fact definitely. that you can just jump right into it, it's really yeah. good. Yep. Well, not everybody likes it as much as we do. No, fair enough. <laughs> I will say that at this point, I am real tired of the complete lack of racing AI. Like, yeah. Forza gives you a much better racing experience. Just yeah. I mean, I mean, GTA GT's got a great driving experience. Like it feels like driving the car. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, I start you start in eighth place every time. I'm fighting your way up past this, these brainless like automatons. And whereas like Forza, you're fighting this AI, yeah, yeah. That, and like you know, if you see that one red Honda, like that guy's gonna be a bitch. <laughs> like when you like you're yeah. gonna have trouble getting around that guy because you've had to pass him in like three other races. And like, well, at least you're starting ahead of him. This like, yeah. like there's a lot more dy- dy- dynamic elements to that. In well, Forza. GT, they're and just GT on a just, predetermined path. Yeah, there's no, and they don't. There's no personality it. to it. A, that's the one place I think they really haven't improved and should improve is the the racing AI. Because then you wouldn't have to start in eighth all the time because you'd actually have some competition. And to be track. fair, that is the area that most racing game developers have focused on. Yeah, certainly Forza's strength. I mean, if you go back and Where look are my at, drive atars in right. GT? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's been, like, marketing like jargon for the mm-hmm. last decade in racing games. Nothing like that's come out of, like, polyphony. No. Like I think GT7 like is a is you know if I'm gonna compare driving like my car my Audi in GT7 on an empty track to like driving it in Forza, I think GT does a better job of making me feel like I'm driving my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the racing just the does not compare to Forza. Yeah, like agree. Forza is just such a more vibrant game when you are in a race. I agree. Um, well, there's been big news this week about Gran Turismo 7 because a lot of people, as I said, are not as happy with the game as we are. Um, in fact, a lot of people... Yeah, were... so I noticed. Finally, I come around on GT being pretty good, and everybody <laughs> gets everyone mad about it. it. <laughs> well, the biggest thing that... What pissed people off is that the servers went down for 24 hours, and because it's an always online game, people could not play the single player of it for 24 hours. And so they went to Metacritic, and they carpet-bombed the user review score on Metacritic. The Metacritic user score is now 4.1. Mm-hmm. So what... Which good... is silly. It's okay. absurd. Like... I mean, nobody, Five, pay, nobody pays attention to user score anyway, so whatever. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of people who look at user score more than critic score. If they did, then there would be different sales numbers on things. Like, the user... People don't care. Like, user score... Especially on things like that, where it's like there's no limit to how many accounts you can make and how much you can review bomb things. Like, user scores are pointless. Like, the IMDB score on things. It's like, no, nobody... No, no one believes that the vast majority of movie people think that Shawshank Redemption is the greatest film ever made. Like, is it the, or the or the Oscar poll where the stupid flash scene won most cheerable moment in film. Like, no one remembers that crap. Like, that was people review like vote bombing. That's what happens there. So no, I don't. I don't believe if you look at like the review scores and you see that like it's got like a ninety and then the user scores say four. Like at the very least, you're thinking like, okay, what happened? No, for sure. That's like, the first thing you think. It sends up the red flag of like, okay. Something happened like somewhere along the way. Patch broke this thing, or something, <laughs> you know, like whatever. But I think it might give some people pause. Yeah, if, I just don't think none of any of that matters much to sales in the, in the mass audience anymore. Well, I, don't here, think, I don't think people even know that's a thing for yeah, the most part. I mean, these so these games live it's enthusiasts on. Enthusiasts arguing with enthusiasts at this point. Yeah, I mean, Gran Turismo typically lives on for eight or nine years. Yeah, so that score is going to be there by necessity for a long time. Yeah, but it can rehabilitate itself. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, and, I'll, have... and I'll say again, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. 
Like, there's plenty of stuff that has two, you know, Captain Marvel has something like a 1.5 or something on user scores, and it made a billion dollars. Nobody gives mm-hmm. a shit what the internet trolls think. Well, like, um, people went there because of the 24 hours outage, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. It's like, come on, yeah. man. Like, like, if that's your DRM, you got to make sure it works. Yeah. And they drop the rewards for a lot of the, the races. Well, so here's the thing. People went and carpet bombed the review scores for the game because they were angry about the mm-hmm. always online thing for single player. Yeah. For the I mean, campaign. I think a more constructive way to do that would be to email them, but okay. Right. But you're going to get the same response. Nothing. Yeah. Here's the irony. They made all these changes, and that was not one of them. So mm-hmm. I'm sure at first they're like, oh, look at all these changes that Polyphony's making. What are our, our carpet bombing the review scores worked? But then they look at what actually changed in the game. They did not change the thing no. that people were so pissed off about. It is still an always online game, whether you're playing online against others or you're playing single player. Yeah, they're never going to change that. That seems to be very inherent to how they think the game should work. I don't know why, but that I don't think you're changing their mind on that one. Yeah, I don't think you are either. Their their they their response to that is to be to make sure that it never goes down like that again. Right. That's all. Yep. But they did change a ton of stuff. And I would mm. argue, like, I don't really care about the always online thing, do you? No. Like, so what? I, I mean, can't I play care, a game I, for a day. Who cares? I mean, I care if it what goes down, you can't play. Like, And people are trying to keep their daily streaks and things. Like, I get that. And like, Oh, is that is that part of the game? I think there is some kind of thing where like, you log in every day and do your daily 24-mile drive, or daily marathon or whatever. I think there's like a streak for that or something. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that like that. That I can understand there. a little so, more. So like, I think there was some consternation over that. And like, there was also people angry that like uh, they've made a change where like, the the races a lot of the high level races gave you way less money uh, after uh, than they did at launch and uh, no one really and like some people were like oh they changed it so that progression would slow down in the late game but they changed it after the reviews were already out so they couldn't get dinged for it mm. I don't know if that's true it's kind of conspiratorial thinking but like yep. I can understand being upset about that and now they reversed a lot of that they gave everybody a million dollars they gave everyone <laughs> like, a million in game like, credits I did not know that there was a limit to how many credits you can hold well you know why they, they do that, that. Well, they, so you can you have to buy the, uh, the microtransaction well currency. so there's two sides so one side would say they do that to force people to buy the cars with right their, with real money but then the other side of that is, is if there's a glitch that people discover early on where they can just get like 5 million credits, limiting the max amount of money that anyone can have at a time keeps that glitch from breaking the game's economy. Yeah, but there is no economy. Like, no, it's not. People aren't trading money back and forth. Well, that's the problem. Well, there is an economy, though. But you're, if but you're, it's only in your game. If I want to break that, that's my decision. Well, it's trying to keep people from paying to win, essentially. Because mm-hmm. you go and race online and you are able to afford this whole livery of like 5 million credit cars or whatever. And everybody else is like grinding to get their first 5 million credit car. So there's. Well, you know that the solution to that actually is, is you don't allow people to buy currency. Right. But that's you're not gonna never going to happen because Matt, that's where the money Matt, comes Matt, that's from. crazy talk. That's never but I think it was, what, was like 20 million limit and now it's 100 million or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. So they, they ditched it. But here's the other thing is that feature, the max amount in the in your purse, has been around since GT5. Mm-hmm. And people just now have really started to get really pissed off about it. And so they changed it for the first time since GT5. Um, some of the other stuff that they're changing. They're re- increasing the awards or the rewards and events in the latter half of the World Cup circuits by a hundred percent. That shows you how much how off mm-hmm. you were originally when you have to bump it by a hundred percent. 
Well, um, they dropped it. Like they dropped they, they original like they, after launch they dropped the reward amounts for those races and they bumped them back up. Yeah, now they're up up. They're bumping them back a hundred percent. That's insane. Which um, implies that they cut them by fifty. Which is like what? Yeah. Like why would <laughs> why would you do that? You dicks. What do you do? Like why? <laughs> it makes like, no sense. Um, why don't make balanced decisions based on the top two percent of your player base? Well, they're the whales, right? Yeah. Like don't don't penalize everybody else because of that. You know, like. It's it's really dumb way to go about that. Yep. Um, they added high rewards for clearing the circuit experience and all gold and bronze results. Uh, they increased the rewards in online races. Um, they included a total of eight new one-hour endurance race events to the missions. They will also have higher reward settings. Um, they increased the upper limit of non-pay credits and player wallets. We talked about that already. Um, they increased the quantity of used and legend cars on offer at any given time. Why would you ever limit that? I don't know. Why aren't all the cars available all the time? I don't know. There's no harm in that. Uh, I cannot. I'm underst- sure it's some kind of microtransaction thing, but I don't know enough about the integration of that with that with that game to know why. Yep. Um, beyond that, there's going to be more World Circuit events added, full-on endurance events, including 24-hour races, like the 24 Hours mm-hmm. of Le Mans. Um, online time trials with proper payouts, and players will be able to sell their cars. Finally. Which was, like, the thing that I talked about when we talked about it on Game Face the first time. I'm like, why can't I sell my effing cars? I think they wanted it to be like you were collecting them all. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, fill out the entry. Yeah. And let me get rid of the car if I don't want to have 14 French hot hatches laying around. Because you're right. There are some cars. There's tons that are very similar. I don't need every minute variant of each one of those cars. Almost every certain kind of car, I'm going to have a favorite that I keep and the others I don't care about. Right. I need like two from each type, basically. Yeah. I need enough to fulfill requirements. Usually I need like a Japanese made one, a European made one, an American made one. I need one with front wheel, one with rear wheel, one with all wheel, and that's about it. Like, yeah. you know, just to, to cover my bases on whatever requirements I have for the races I'm trying to enter. That completely changes the economy of the game, playing by yourself. Being able to sell your cars now. Yeah. Because you don't have to earn all the credits to buy every grinding car. grinding and stuff. For, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, as I said, the always online single player, no change at all. They have not changed that at mm-hmm. all. Um, that, I imagine, is probably a more involved fix if they intend to do that. But there's part of me that just feels they're not going to change that. I don't think they will either. Change that. Um, you still have to basically pay real money for the most expensive cars in the game. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're just never going to get there. You're just never going to grind. Like, I think I saw a, one person online said that to grind for a car that was like a million credits, they had to play the same race for six hours. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to do that? Like, they know they're not going to do that. So they, they're basically saying, no, you're going to pay money for these cars. Mm-hmm. You're, it's absurd. Yeah, because at a certain point, it's like, okay, is six hours of your, what's worth more? Six hours of your time or two bucks for a car? Right. Yeah. Like, even people who work for minimum wage, it's not worth right. their time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, is this the first real scummy use of microtransactions by PlayStation in a first-party game? Because um, they've been great. I mean, there's been some questionable stuff in MLB The Show. Oh, times, really? But not no one plays that right. for it to have been news the way this right. was. Um, but, like, this is this is the most brazen, I would say. Holy certainly holy. certainly for a major franchise. Like, especially because it's, it's doubly annoying I, to me aesthetically because, uh, you know, we complained about this between the comparison between this and Forza. Um, but, like... They finally kind of nailed the car culture appreciation thing. There's that great opening movie with the history of automotive, of yeah. motoring and all this stuff. 
and like it kind of really gets the personality that down and like kind of hanging out in the cafe and it, like, like they finally kind of embraced a little bit of personality a little bit of like love for the car scene and then they just throw all this mobile game shit in it and it's like I, it's what what a weird and like you start to wonder like is it did they lean that way not because they realized that they needed to kind of compete with Forza on that sort of psychological and emotional level but because they thought that might counterbalance the sheer mercenary nature of how they were implementing the microtransactions and I could kind of flip a coin on that one yeah. I'm not sure which one that is um, I kind of kind of wonder if they're not just greasing the wheels for this big barrage of games as a service stuff that it's going to be launching. Like, I would definitely cons- I would definitely imagine if they have that plan for like was it ten? Yeah, ten do? games in four years. There's there's got to be a little canary in the coal mine with this, right? Yeah, where they got to they got to start figuring it out. Hell, for all we know, how they far might, can you push? For all we know, they might count this as one of the ten. That's true. But you're right, though. They got to figure out like, what does our audience think about this? We know what other audiences. <laughs> no, think. sir. I didn't like it. Exactly. <laughs> no, the, no, the sir, I don't that. like it. <laughs> they learned that lesson real, real quick. Um, so they did dial back some of this stuff, and yeah, I think especially that's in the good. way like you're charging seventy dollars for this shit. I know. Dude. Come on, like I know you're not giving value for that. Like I know. it's just ridiculous. Like like seventy bucks needs to buy you more than access to the software. Yeah. Like they need to learn that. It's not hard just a and key. fast. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it's more than that. It's way more than that. You for need most the experience people. to reflect the money what was paid. If you want to like gouge like late game whales for like microtransactions and the and once they've finished all the the main content and like gone through all the cafe stuff like if you want to like have a you know like a, like a mmo like an mmo yeah. end game you want to make the raids real hard and you got to do the raid 14 times to get you know the the, the rare gear or whatever you whatever equivalent that is and if you want to get the the zondas or whatever in this game like fine but you can't penalize people that early. You can't have yeah. people that are just trying to get like the latest accord to fill like menu number of twelve, feeling like they can't get anywhere because they're gr- they have to grind so hard. That doesn't make any sense. That's not fun. The other thing too is that Jim Ryan just said to games industry that they have this model of packaged goods, where they right. create a package and they sell it for sixty or seventy bucks. And they want their customers to be satisfied with that 60 or 70 bucks for the game. Right. But this not on of, this one, apparently. Right. This, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, this, imagine if, if like, you had to pay an extra $5 to get the Blades of Chaos in right. God of War. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, it's like, look, if, you, if that's or your business model, grind the poison, grind the Poison Labyrinth for 14 hours to right. get them. Like, right. That's your choice. Exactly. That's a great analogy. Like, so, look, if you want to stick to this, like, you're going to spend 60 bucks. We're gonna give you sixty bucks worth of stuff. Then you better effing do it, because if you mm-hmm. start backing out on that, you're screwed. So it'll be interesting to see how all this stuff shakes out. It's it's probably yeah. good that it's happening with Gran Turismo Seven versus something like a God of War. Yeah. And there's a point where, like, you know, haven't we been around and around on this already enough? Yeah. Like, can you learn something well, from it's like other I said people's earlier, failures? It's like, well, how do our customers feel about it? We know what Xbox's customers feel about it, and Nintendo's Pro tip, customers... your customers are all the same fucking people, yep. for the but most part. PlayStation doesn't believe that, right? Because well, their customers would not be interested in Game Pass. <laughs> they want to pay 60 bucks for the games. They yeah. don't want to subscribe right. to some service. Like They want they want a boutique experience where they pay right. extra money for things that everybody else gets for free. <laughs> exactly. Here's a $500 VR headset. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Vincent like, is asking, do you think Gran Turismo 7 shows up in the PlayStation Plus library in June when this all launches? Probably not. No, it's too, too early. Because I just spent 70 bucks for this damn thing. If it shows up for free in June, I'll be pissed. Might show up for 50 though. Maybe. I can see a, a plus I'd discount. be okay with that. Yeah. 
I mean, it's cool with that. Later. Like, it's, it's a few months later. I can deal with that. But free? Hell no. And that's the thing. Like, Sony, it's not just that easy to flip the switch and become Game Pass. Like, you have to find almost like a dead period where first, first party-wise, you haven't released anything for a little while. Mm. Otherwise, it's very awkward. So there's so much that goes into this stuff. It's like a labyrinth that it's very difficult to untangle at times. But... And, look, I do want to give credit to PlayStation. Up until this point, it has done an amazing job with rejecting the scummiest parts of microtransactions. Like, it has been the gold standard for this stuff up until now. And I hope that this just isn't a signal that things are changing, although I have a sinking feeling that it is. Uh, Maybe. I mean, I will say that, you know, this does seem to be the game in their stable that is, like, the most conducive to this model yeah you know it's, it makes if you're going to do anything any of sony's first party juggernauts and try to do this with it gta is probably the easiest one to implement in that in that way because like there's an element of that that would make it feel natural mm-hmm. and forza does much the same thing in a lot of ways the trick is at no point when i've ever played forza or forza horizon have i ever felt like i was being cheated by not spending into the into the online Never. marketplace ever like like they are so generous with everything in general, and like if you really want to boost yourself, yeah, you can you can buy some extra stuff if you want to, or buy the car packs or whatever you want. But like uh, in general, I have always felt that Forza was like is is very happy to just sort of throw stuff at you whenever you want. You know, like yeah. even this game, this game, like you know, they do the equivalent of the wheel spins and stuff. But like they don't throw enough cool shit at you. No, they, they really not. don't. Like, you finish a race in Forza, it's like, wham, 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 yeah. wham. Here's all this stuff. And after a race in this, you're like, did I get anything? <laughs> no. And it's sort of like, Probably no, not. you didn't get anything. And, like, you got, like, 5,000 Two more credits. races, yeah. You've got 5,000 credits. You just Two do more that 100 races, more get times, you'll get that car you want. You know, like. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't I don't want to slag the game that much. I like it. And I yeah, continue I do like to it. play it. So, um, I do hope that they'll continue to make changes in this direction. I yeah, also, I will I will say that like I do like it, but it would be real easy to just leave it behind if they get too scummy about agreed. it. Agreed. Yep. And I do hope the fans stop doing this dumb crap. Like six years from now, when someone goes to check out like Grand Turismo Seven, they're gonna be like a four point one. Oh, what happened? Well, also that far from now that the game's gonna be like ten bucks and it won't matter. Probably. Like, like that's an impulse yeah. buy at that point. I'm not yeah. worried. Reviews don't matter. Yeah. They really don't. You don't think reviews matter at all? No. You don't think that 9.7 for Elden Ring made a difference? No, I think word of mouth was way more important. Really? I don't know. The, a lot of the word of mouth was like, F this game. <laughs> you f- you you tell me if any of the... You, I mean, there's no way to really do this, but I, yeah. I mean, my imaginary poll magic, <laughs> I would want to go go poll everyone who, for them, it was their first Souls, first FromSoft game, yeah. and find out if they even know what the Metacritic is. I bet you they yeah. don't. All they know is that their friends that play these games said that this is the one to try. Yeah. That's where that comes possible. from. No one no one cares about reviews of things. They go do whatever they want. Hmm. The review the review especially the user score of things, like that's just that's just for the people who like kind of have fallen into that bubble trap. I think there's lots of otaku that will say, I believe user scores more than critics. Well, they are stupid. And I think part of that, too, if it, is if, if they're you believe pissed it, off that they're not the critics. User scores are some <laughs> of the most easily manipulated things online. I mean, if you're yeah. dealing with a, with, a, with a service that is like, you know, very like Steam, you can't really manipulate Steam reviews anymore because mm-hmm. they made it one per account and accounts have to have a backup of it. Yeah. yeah. But like like Metacritic, you can just make as many accounts and review bomb that as much as you want. It's why you've got like, you know, you, you see that with like uh, Marvel stuff gets review bombed all the time. And they're not going to stop it because a big metric for digital properties is right, how many eyeballs. registered users yeah. have we have. We 
added, and that's yeah, it's actually, not in their it's not in their best interest. It actually is the biggest metric for a digital company mm-hmm. is how many new registered users do you have for this quarter. Mm-hmm. And if you have a bad quarter where you don't have a bunch of registered users, your stock tanks. Yeah, and it goes the other way. You know, there's review bombing for like unrealistically high. So like, go mm-hmm. look at the user score for Alita: Battle Angel. That game is that movie is not that good. I liked that movie though. I liked it okay, but it was not a ninety. No, definitely not. It was that it was a the user score was in the ninety nine point range last time I that looked. actually backs that was a while up ago, your though. contention that reviews don't matter because that movie did not do well financially no. if I remember correctly. Well, actually, I mean, yeah, but also the review bomb the positive review bombing of that movie happened long after it was out of theaters because oh. it was it was the the basically the comics gate and misogyny people decided to push that as a better female led movie than Mar- Captain Marvel because they hated uh, Brie Larson. Oh. So they review bombed Why Captain would Marvel. They hate Brie, Larson? Brie Larson said that there should be more that the movie critics shouldn't just be white men. And that is apparently blasphemy. <laughs> okay. People are weird. Anyway, but yeah, uh, user user reviews are garbage and you should you should take a grain of salt with your professional reviews and for the most part you should listen to yourself and people you know whose opinions you trust. Um like us. Yeah, you don't know us. <laughs> but don't don't listen to me. Shut up, man. <laughs> uh, okay. We don't we don't give number scores though, which is significant. <laughs> that is true. Yep. And even when we do do our gamey vows, the number scores don't matter because people get their own number scores. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah, maybe. and even if we did, we'd probably get translated into the wrong numbers when we got to Metacritic. <laughs> exactly. Why we're not on Metacritic. Um, all right, let's move on to our last topic of today's show. It's been a fun show. It's moved along quickly. I can't believe we're at the last topic. We're going to discuss a brand new game that was announced this week, probably the biggest game announcement of the week, and one that I think Matt probably was pretty excited about, and that is Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. It is an asymmetrical... 4v1 multiplayer game set in the Ghostbusters universe. And that's where you get lost my excitement. Really? I don't want to play a multiplayer game. I want to play a game. Well, it's cooperative for the most part. Yeah, but the asymmetrical stuff has never really worked. As much as I like the idea, you know, I mean, I was just as on board of how cool Evolve looked too, and that sucked. So I, I very skeptically eye any of these asymmetrical 4v1 things. They rarely seem to work too well. So this is coming from the same developer that created Friday the 13th, the game. That's and, also an issue. <laughs> and Predator <laughs> Hunting Grounds. Also an issue. Yeah, neither of those games were great. I didn't think that worked out too well either. Same idea. Friday know? the 13th, I thought, had a great premise. It was all the execution. Yeah. And Same then they with had, Predator. They had weird licensing issues with it and all this I don't. Crap. I don't see anything different happening here, frankly. It's, really? No. So, Have I mean, you? Do you know how this game works? Not especially. It's 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 way beyond like Friday the Thirteenth. Like they have really evolved. Well, Friday the Thirteenth partly got screwed because the licensing was even weirder there. Yeah. Predator, I think you're held back by the license, uh, even if you have no problems with the licensor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least this looks like they're delving into things a little more. Like this already looks like it has more meat on its sort of presentational bones than Predator ever did. Yeah. Uh, the the gameplay though, the design of the game is way more in depth than anything that they've done before. Uh, first of all, you play as a customizable Ghostbuster. It does not include the real actors from the film, although it does have the one guy they show at the open. He's not really the star, um, but he Who's does. the one guy? Uh, well, I can jump back. I don't know what his name is. It's the black guy. Winston. Winston, yeah. Um, he's in the game, and he does some voiceover for it, but like, 
Rick Moranis and Dan uh, Aykroyd, all those Rick guys. Rick Moranis has been retired for 20-some years. Is so. he really retired? Like, he doesn't do oh, anything yeah. anymore? He hasn't done anything except voices for a couple Disney movies since, like, the late 90s. Oh, really? I think you actually mentioned that before. I'd forgotten it, though. Yeah, his, uh, but his wife died uh, and uh, of uh, liver cancer or something, and so he stopped acting to, to raise their kids. Oh. Uh, and he just... Never came he back. He never felt the need to come back. Huh. He made tons of money off honey i shrunk the kids did he like he was set for life after oh. that franchise so okay and he just like he said he did an interview a few years ago where he just said uh he said like yeah i just never missed found out i there are opportunities for him to come back or go do stuff with it but he's like you know what i just never missed it hmm. so he didn't like more power to him like well he went <laughs> back he he stepped back and did the right thing and raised his family and it seems to be doing really well. So great, great well, for Rick Moranis. Well, he's not in this game, and neither are any of the other guys. It's a little weird. I feel like you could get Aykroyd. You would think Aykroyd loves doing much. stuff with Ghostbusters, <laughs> and there, there's even the shots there where it's in Ray's uh, 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 bookstore. Yeah, yeah. All the settings are here, but the people that they had to pay for are not. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't want to bother with Bill Murray. Yeah, and uh, he's too difficult. Yep. And Rick and uh, uh, Egon's dead. So yeah. Harold Ramis is dead. You create your own character. It is 4v1 with one player plays it the ghost. And if you are the ghost, the objective is to haunt the entire map. If you play as one of the Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters, you're armed with a proton pack, a PKE meter, and a ghost trap. Um, But if you lay a ghost trap down, um, you have to go back and pick it up when you're done using it. Otherwise, you won't have it when you need it later. You don't Mm -hmm. have like an unlimited supply of the traps. Uh, the ghost can haunt different objects that will send the PK me, PKE meter off, but you can use that as a red herring. So if you're the ghost, you can basically haunt a chair in a mm-hmm. room, and that will send off the PKE meter, which will send the Ghostbusters into a room that you're not actually in. So there's a little bit of strategy there. Um, as the Ghostbusters, you must destroy three different rifts um, with the proton pack that the ghost must try to protect. So... The rifts allow the ghost to kind of refill his haunt ability. Um, so it's a it's a finite resource that you use to haunt things, to throw people off the trail, but you will run out. And you need these rifts to basically recharge the ghost's abilities. And as the Ghostbusters, you want to destroy those so the ghost can't recharge. Um, the ghost can respawn also. After you've captured him, if all the rifts aren't destroyed. So a big mm-hmm. objective in this game in general, if you're the Ghostbusters, is to destroy the rifts. Uh, the ghost wins by scaring away all the NPCs on the map. So there's tons of NPCs walking around, and you try to scare them. However, as a Ghostbuster, if you find them and they've been scared by the ghost, you can calm them down, which I think is kind of cool and I think a nod to the actual film. Because if you remember, there was always scenes where people were freaked out. The Ghostbusters show up, and they console them like, I feel like that's a pretty part, a pretty important part of the Ghostbusters aesthetic. Um, as the ghost, you can use techniques like sliming or attacking or moving objects to scare the different NPCs in the game. But as I said, every action costs ectoplasm points, which you can refill. Um, first, you look for rifts to destroy your NPCs to calm down. The ghost can also slime players, send out minions, or disable the proton packs of the Ghostbusters. They said it's intentionally hard to aim the proton pack to give the ghost a chance. Um, you can also ping your teammates to let them know where the ghost is. Very simple, like D-pad commands. Um, and then you basically want to haunt as many objects as you can to make it as hard as possible to find to find you as the ghost. Because the more things you haunt, the more the PKE meters don't help the Ghostbusters, and the more it helps you ultimately. 
So knowing all that, do you feel any better about it now? I mean, I like the mechanics they're displaying, but like the it's the multiplayer and it's like the balance of it and how that's going to work and it feels like it's probably just going to be really irritating to play as the ghost because you're just going to get ganged up on by four ghostbusters and that'll be that now ign Um, did an exclusive preview of this and actually we're using their footage here and we thank them in the footage for allowing us to use it but they said that they won as the ghost a lot mm -hmm. and they were surprised by that yeah i have also learned to never judge any of these games by press events yeah um that stuff does not survive contact with the public yeah, a so, lot of times it doesn't. Um, and I can see this being just a thing as like I play a couple days and never want to touch it again. Really? You don't think there's like depth there where you feel like you're getting better and you start to understand the nuance there of it There might more? be, but I don't have any interest in multiplayer stuff. I don't care about doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, playing the same matches over and over and over and over again. That's not interesting to me. I want to progress through something. I want to you know, get some narrative out of it. I want. I, it's just it, multiplayer match stuff is just the same shit over and over again, and I don't care about it. I get nothing out of that. So would you you would prefer if it was just a single player game? Yep, I would much rather be another like the like the one they did before with the with the old cat. You know, it was basically Ghostbusters three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would I would absolutely play that over this in a heartbeat. Hmm. Um, this this is a thing I will wait and like if you if you get codes for it I'd play it if it gets real cheap one day I'll play it but like no hmm. I'll I'll wait and see if anybody I'm surprised to hear this cuz you're a go big Ghostbusters fan I'm a big Ghostbusters fan but I don't like You don't like Ghostbusters enough to offset your hate for multiplayer Not really I mean it's not <laughs> a hate I just don't get anything out of it like this you know like they're, they're, to me I like Ghostbusters cuz of the, the setting and the lore and the characters and stuff and there's nothing to that when it's just a bunch of created characters running around throwing proton packs at a nondescript ghost that isn't even from the movies um, I mean I think the ghost will eventually be from the films though Well I mean Slimer's in there but overall like the ghosts look very generic I've uh, used stuff from like maybe the anime I mean you know that's going to be the DLC Maybe there's yeah. not there's not really that much in the way of named ghosts in ghost in the films. Like there's Yeah, there aren't many, you're right. There's just Gozer and Vigo and uh, the Scolari brothers and Slimer. Well, that's and a good point. There aren't a it. lot of very specific it's, ghosts. It's the cartoon where you got the real ghost. Yeah. You know, you got Samhain and uh, um, uh, the Sandman and the Boogeyman and all that stuff, uh, that kind of thing. But um Killer Watt uh, you know, but all of those are like outside the realm of just a ghost haunting a room. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the, you know, they're, they wouldn't make a lot of sense if those characters are doing that. Vincent says <laughs> it'll have bots in a story mode. I also don't trust bots in this kind of game. Actually, IGN said in its report that it did play with one of the bots, like one of the team members it had was a bot. It wasn't a human player, mm-hmm. which is weird because it looked like Ilphonic had set it up with IGN. You think they'd have a full like yeah, you think roster, a roster of there, humans yeah. there to play, but. They ended up playing with a bot, and they said it worked pretty well, which is encouraging, I guess. Um, but obviously, yeah, ideally... But, then, like, but again, you're talking about like a press event that's set up versus, like, you know, remember when you tried to play with bots and aliens? Right. Fireteam, whatever mm-hmm. it was? Yeah. You couldn't get anywhere. Yep. You know, that'll probably get you through the, the introductory level, but as soon as you start doing stuff where you need to, like, actually work on things, like, you're going to need decent people to play with, and... Um, yeah, and that becomes a scheduling thing, and it becomes a thing. I got to play this tonight because everybody agreed to play it. I just like no, that's it's not how, I'm, how my gaming life works right now. I don't want to do that. I'm excited by this game. I obviously I do like multiplayer games, and I do love Ghostbusters. I grew up with it, and I love the franchise. It's never been ruined for me, but I haven't watched the last two most recent ones, so maybe that's why it hasn't been ruined yet for me. Uh, so I love the IP. I liked the idea behind Friday the Thirteenth. The execution was poor. Um, which does make me nervous about this game because it's the same developer. You would hope that they had learned something from the other projects that they had worked on, but 
Predator Hunting Grounds wasn't much better than Friday the 13th, so I'm not going to put a whole lot of faith in that. But one thing I will say is, like, this has Game Pass written all over it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, again, you want, with these games, you want to build a big audience so that you can make money off of your DLC and your microtransactions. Yeah, putting this on Game Pass would definitely be one of the only ways to get me to play it organically. And I think a lot of people might feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if this is a day and date Game Pass game, which would I think would be the smartest thing that they could do. They'll get paid a lot of money by Microsoft. It'll give the ecosystem of the game a fighting chance. I don't even know if like younger people care about Ghostbusters. I know there are movies that are still coming out, but they haven't been great. Afterlife was good. I mean, um, financially, did, did they do well? Yeah, Afterlife did okay. Did they? Yeah. I, I didn't even know. So that's encouraging. I think there, I mean, the, the real problem with Ghostbusters is that there was, you know, they, they kind of, there hasn't been a, a media presence beyond the move, the occasional movies. Um, whereas, like, you have things like, you know, if you want to keep stuff relevant to the kids these days, you need to constantly put cartoons out. You need to have constant, like, kind of content. That makes sense. And Ghostbusters hasn't really done that. Um, it, it couldn't do that for long. It was not a relevant franchise for a long yeah. time. Yeah. It is pretty um, crazy how they revived the IP. Yeah, I mean, it, it periodically would come back. You know, it, mm-hmm. they had the Ghostbusters, the extreme Ghostbusters in the late 90s, and they had, um, uh, you know, the Ghostbusters game they did uh, where they brought everybody back, and that was that was pretty solid. And then, you know, the, 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 every once in a while. Um, but it is funny, like, where people talk about how it's, you know, such a revered thing, where it's like, it really isn't. It really, ha- I mean, the people that love it, love it, but, mm-hmm. like, it's not like it was is some kind of immaculate thing because Ghostbuster Two already sucked. So yeah. like it's not like it was an, an, an it wasn't like you know you had the holy trilogy trilogy with Star Wars or like you know Raiders of you know, the, the Indiana Jones where it's like oh my god the fourth one suddenly sucked. It's like Ghostbusters has always been an up and down thing. Yeah, I don't hear my nieces and nephews talk about Ghostbusters. No, put it to you that way. Also, there's an element of like Ghostbusters the first one especially, which I think I don't think anyone would disagree that the first Ghostbusters is the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got a that's a legitimate horror film in places. It is like, yeah. and so it's it's you know especially in today's uh, soft youth, it's a <laughs> it's a hard you know like I saw that when I was what like eight yeah um, and like you know I loved it and then I loved the cartoon even more like the, to me Ghostbusters is the first movie and the real Ghostbusters. Veritas brings up an interesting point. He says Stranger Things is kind of like Ghostbusters. yeah. Well, it's not a coincidence they put the Stranger Things kid in the new Ghostbusters movie, right? And it worked yeah more or less yep uh so yeah stranger things although i well we can get into that when stranger things season four <laughs> comes out in may right something like may that yeah. Something. yeah hopefully it's better than the last one which uh, i I'll, liked but it still was was a drop-off i thought from I, I think the third the third season like i get why people who were into the boring bullshit of the first two thought three was a downgrade because it didn't have as much of that but I thought the first first one was fine. Second one was just the most boring garbage I had ever seen. I did not care about anything that happened in season two. And until the very end when everybody got back together and, like, you finally had all the character dynamics yeah. back in place. I'm like, yes, that's this is what the whole season should have been, dumbasses. Yeah. Like, the whole, you shouldn't have to spend a second season just like Ghostbusters 2. They spend the whole movie getting the team back together. 
You already got the team. That's what the first movie's for. Right. You don't need to do that now. <laughs> like Stranger Things. A as lot soon, of a as lot soon of as you see the TV weird monster thing dead in the field in Stranger Things season two, everybody who a year ago like stopped an interdimensional invasion should have gotten back together. Back. We found a weird monster thing in the field over where we fucking stopped the invasion. How, how is no one fucking calling each other? So the third the third season finally figured out that what we really want to do is have these characters interact with each other. And like, yes, it didn't. But the, the real problem with Stranger Things is we do not know anything more about the monsters or the other dimension the upside down than we did in the third episode of season one no, you're right they have never developed that any they haven't further. yeah and if that if they don't it. do that in season four like why are you even do it should just be as it should just be a teen drama at this point I mean, that's what it is. It is. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I want, Matt, I want But if you're not show... going to do the supernatural shit, that's what that show's going to end up being like in season three. Yeah. Like, I, I watch the show for the nostalgia. So when I rank the seasons, it's like, which one made my heart sing the most and mm-hmm. took me back to when I was like a little kid in the 80s, basically. That's how I look at them. Like, I, I like the plot and I follow the plot, but it's not the sole reason why I watch the show. Yeah, well, the, the the nostalgia for me doesn't work tremendously well in some places, partly because the guys who make that show were not alive. I when know, that was happening. yeah. Um, the nostalgia in season three worked more or less for me because there were malls. Like, that did actually cover a lot of the things I did in, in when I was growing up in that realm. Like, the, all yeah. that stuff, like, worked. My problem is, like, there's some stuff that is, like, sort of, like, the nostalgic idea of what 80s were and not, like, what the what 80s they really actually were. were. Like, especially yeah. in season, so again, okay, we want to talk about Ghostbusters fan. And this is the second season where they dress as the Ghostbusters for, like, Halloween, right? Uh-huh. Okay, no one dressed as the fucking Ghostbusters for Halloween that year in 1984. I don't remember. That's cosplay. No one dre- if they did it was one of those stupid costumes where the you put the plastic mask, mask and the apron on. Yeah. No one made proton pack. Also, they call them proton packs in that season. They the word proton pack did not get canonized until the Ghostbusters cartoon series. Really? And they didn't call them proton packs until Ghostbusters 2. Really? They're never referred that. to as proton packs in the first Ghostbusters. What do they call them? Unlicensed nuclear accelerators on our backs. Oh. That they are never referred that. to as that. Interesting. And so all the stuff about that, the idea of like what like no one did that. Huh. Certainly not kids that age. There were people who like did real detailed like Star Wars costumes and stuff. Yeah, but like that was very unusual. Also, kiss. They, I, had, I had kiss, kiss costumes. Yeah, some of that. <laughs> Music stuff was more likely, partly because you could go look at the album. Like it was hard to watch movies again. You yeah. know, like they didn't get, come out on VHS. Yeah, you had to go see them in the theater over yeah. and over. There were people who you did the drive-in. Famously, there was this girl. This girl who um, made a really good Luke Skywalker pilot costume in 1977. By going and seeing the movie over and over again and sketching Drawing the pilot it. costumes as she <laughs> saw them on the screen with a notepad. That's that's well, because like the figurines back then. Oh, the, they were too the weird. The costumes yeah. were just like these plastic pieces of plastic. Yeah, basically. They, they, and they were often not based on anything. It's yeah. bad photos of things. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just stuff like that where I'm like, okay, like, look, if you want to go full nostalgia with it, okay, but you got to do it right. Yeah. That's not how anything – and also the thing where, like, they all went to school in the costumes and no one else had dressed up for Halloween – Bullshit. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't happen. Either. No, I mean, sure, some people didn't, but through all my high, all my grade school, middle school, high school, there was never a Halloween where no one dressed up. No there way. There was never a Halloween yeah. where only dorks showed up in costume. No, there yeah. was always the popular girls always dressed as babies. Or like, it, I mean, it was <laughs> all like it was cats. All, yeah, because it meant they got to wear their pajamas to school. You know, they got to wear the cat, cat ears. ears yeah. And like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the guys would always dress as their favorite football yeah. players. Because that's like, easy. It, yeah, it was Put always the jersey easy. On a but, the eye black but it was one. always an element. The idea that like a bunch of like 
11 and 12 year olds wouldn't have costumes yeah. on the whole thing no i mean i know it's a joke <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense okay so this is just solidifies it matt and i will be doing an episode of spoiled for the next season of stranger things stay yeah. tuned that's gonna be a good one is that may did they say that <laughs> it is may yeah okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, I think they may split the seasons again where they do like oh, the yeah. first half yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, the yeah. other half later but yeah it's supposed to come in May. well in that case we can just we can supplement with a season of is it cake yeah. Well, they just did a collaboration with with Far Cry 6 for Stranger Things, which mm. shows you how much how much Far Cry 6 is struggling because we're still like 2 or 3 months away from the new Stranger Things and they're already doing yeah. the collaboration now. Although maybe originally Stranger Things was supposed to be now. Na- that by could now. be. That's true. That could be. That's possible. Uh so anyway, there you go. That's Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. It's coming to pretty much everything. It should uh, do a Stranger Things is it cake. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. You know, is it cake? It's the number one show on Netflix. No, it's it's a show where they bake these cakes that look like really realistic other things that aren't cake, and the contestants have to guess if it's cake or not. I've seen and then those you cut cakes into before. It. Yeah, because yeah. well, that's where it comes from. It was a it was a like a TikTok trend basically during yeah. the lockdown, and now some Netflix made a show out of it. And it's their number one show right now. That shows you where we're at. There's there is a, there's a turtle <laughs> that you swear they're about to murder an animal. Really? Like it's, it's so good. Do they make it's, sure the cake is like red on the inside? No, it's green. It's green. <laughs> I've seen people people have done that before. That somebody made a really super crazy realistic newborn baby cake, and yeah. you cut its head open, and it's just it's like filled with jam. It's yeah. just really. Justin Horman, have you never subscribed to Netflix ever? Hmm. Wow. Never seen Stranger Things. I mean, I don't think you. Really, he says he I don't think you really miss much. He says he doesn't want to sub to Netflix just to watch it, and I would agree. You do not want to, but there's so much. If you've never had Netflix, you yeah, there's a lot to see on oh there. Oh my if you've never gosh, had man, there's so much to watch. Yeah, if you want a list, just hit me up on the site or on Twitter. I can give you a list of like literally thirty or forty shows that you like must watch. Mm-hmm. And some of them have like three seasons. Yeah, and actually, Andy T. Monahan brings up the real streaming show in May is Kenobi. Oh, that's right. Yep. Big deal. I'm excited for that. Kenobi. In fact, I am to the point now where I'm. I think I am good. I'm surprised to we subscribe to Disney Plus again because mm. well, a actually, there's a lot now. Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't talk about Halo. What about Halo? The it's show? The TV show. I haven't watched it. Did you? I watched the. First, I mean, it's only one episode so far. Uh, like, I watched the first episode. Well, what do you think? Uh, actually, we're in Q and A now. So you guys can get fine. your questions in the chat, and we'll just pretend that somebody asked Matt yeah. what he thinks of the first. I mean, episode it's of fine. Halo. It's. It's weird. It's like, it's like someone gave a local theater troupe a hundred million dollars to do a Halo show. Like, so like, production. I mean, the the quality of the effects varies by the shot. Really. Like, sometimes it's a really good thing. Like sometimes it's like, wow, that looks like a bunch of Spartans fighting a bunch of elites, and it's great. And then like they'll drop a gun. It'll be an insert shot of the of the laser rifle hitting the ground, and a laser rifle looks like it was rendered on an Apple IIe or something. Oh, it was like, geez. there's a lot of variety in that. Um, one of the main plot points is basically like the you know it's, it takes place early. I mean, it's obviously a different continuity. It's not the same as the, as the games. They're not sticking to that, but it takes place early, like it's before Fall of Reach. There are other Spartans. Oh, like Master Chief is leading a group of Spartans. Okay, and the 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 colonies, you know, the outer colonies that were at war with the UNSC before the Covenant invasion, they don't know the Covenant war is happening yet. Oh. So the so the pre early thing is like. They're all, oh, fuck the UN, UNSC, and then you're talking about Spartans. Spartans will kill a thousand people before you even know. Yeah, they're afraid of the Spartans mm-hmm. and stuff. And then the Covenant attack, and Master Chief and the, and the, and the uh, Spartan uh, team drop in, and, and ostensibly to save people, but everyone dies. <laughs> so, like, they don't get there in time. So, like, uh, everyone but, like, one person sur- one person survives, and, like, they, and that, they go to take her back, and there's a thing where they're like... Um, 
because he finds an artifact basically that is like gives him brings back his memories and like the, you know if you've read the books uh they're supposed to they're kidnapped children you know the spartan yeah. twos were kidnapped children yeah. by halsey i don't think you have to read the books to know that no they've gone into that yeah because there is actually i think a lot of halo 5 in this weirdly mm-hmm. enough because there's obviously gonna be a hunt for the chief going on right and um but he remembers stuff. he's not even sure it's his memories but she knows it's his memories and they're like oh you gotta not uh let him do that and they're like oh if, if this is if the spartan's going crazy you gotta and so he's flying back on this on this sh- the ship with the girl that survived and she's all upset and stuff and they're like okay well she knows too much and won't like help us like with recruiting other rebels so like just you know put a kill order on her and tell master chief to kill her and so the thing pops up to kill her and he won't do it and so they instantly they're like like oh go murder this this little girl and master chief's like uh, and they're like, "Oh my God, he's gone rogue! Nuke the ship! Nuke the bomb!" So now, like, they just want to kill Master Chief because oh, he won't murder a that child. fast. Yeah, and so like that's the and that's the and then the, and then he escapes with the girl and like they're presumably with the artifact gonna go find a halo somewhere. I would imagine because every time he picks up the artifact, the halo theme plays. So I'm just like, I figure that's what that is. Um, <laughs> they, they he takes off the helmet in the first episode. He right? does, and it, and the weird thing about that is like he's just him. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the actor. Yeah. It's like was it Pablo Schreiber? Yeah. I think it's just him. Like yeah. he's, he's not white. He's not, like, he doesn't look weird. He's not like cyborg guys. He's just a guy. He's just like, yeah. which is fine. I mean, his, his performance is good. The weird thing is that when the helmet's off, he does talk a little faster, and so you can't hear you can't hear the helmetless dialogue coming out of the helmet. You know oh, what I mean? Right, right. You know how like measured and precise. Yeah, Master, he, yeah. does, he does that when the helmet's on. When the helmet's off, he talks more like a normal person, and it's weird. That also, is there's weird. A, there's a lot of shots that suddenly become first person Spartan shots, and it's just really corny, gratuitously like, corny. It's like, look, it was a first person shooter. It's like there's no because like you can do you know POV shots, obviously, but yeah. like. They're, they're, these happen when there's no reason to do it. It's just, just like it's just like, to show you, like, hey, we 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 know the game. Remember yeah. that game? Remember the game this is based on? Yeah. And they do use the sound effects, like the the, the covenant the real sound. The effects. covenant guns make the same sounds. The the shield makes this like, like that's all in there. Um, that some of the Spartan action stuff looks really cool. It's cool to see um, them show up and fight the elites and like you know suddenly it's really gory. So it's, it's M-rated. Extremely gory. Yeah. Really. Yeah, like. People get okay. people blowing up like the headshots blowing shit. Like there's like people getting their legs cut off and floundering wow. around. Like, there's one headshot. There's one like execution style shot they do in one of the elites when it, when it cuts back to like the wide shot. You see just like crap goo like leaking out of the back of its head onto the ground. Wow. So yeah, there's, there's no shortage of gore. It's an R-rated. They don't pull series. any punches. No, like way more than the show ever than the game ever did. <laughs> um, the main thing is like. It all feels a little weirdly rushed because they're clearly trying to get on with it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't quite... The tone is everywhere. The tone, It has no idea. And, like, the the UNSC comes off looking like either fascists or morons and maybe both because, Fascist like... Fascist morons. Yeah, because... Well, that's, that's redundant, Kind of redundant, it? yeah. But, like... <laughs> But they're just like it's like why are you so wrapped up in like uh like I mean I guess you can understand like these the Spartans in this are portrayed as like they could probably single handedly kill the Marines like all of them yeah. like like a the platoon the squad of five Spartans would maybe be, be unbeatable for the rest of the military they are very 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 scary and so if you're not and they don't trust Halsey and they think that you know they they answer to her and not to the the UNSC. And they're right, um, but like <laughs> it's it's just sort of like they really want to get to this. Let's hunt the Master Chief thing really fast. And the problem is that was Halo Five, and nobody likes Halo Five. Um, it was also um, 
the Bad Batch. It reminded me of the Bad Batch, the 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 Star Wars are an animated show they did oh. because they are sort of Spartanish. Right. They are like an elite ops team with big armor that are better and more skilled than the other clones. And then they do this thing that does not align with the sort of overall, you know, imperialist structure and the orders given. And they think those orders are immoral. And so they say, I don't think we're going to do that. And they get hunted by the entire empire. So mm. that seems to be kind of what's happening here. Okay. And it just feels a little like a retread. Um, but I will say that first opening, the 18 minute opening sequence where the Spartans arrive and fight the elites is fucking great. Wow. Um, okay. The rest of it is kind of boring shot, reverse shot conversations with people you don't care about. Yeah, I can't. I've struggled. I have struggled to find anyone who likes it. Yeah, I like, will say on that, social media, yeah. everyone's just banging on it. I think it's got maybe three episodes to find its feet, and that's it. And they, I know they already signed a second season. Yeah, but like, I'm just saying, like, people are going to abandon ship on this thing if yeah. they if they don't get to it in about two more episodes. I think. Hmm. Um, I don't want to pay for Paramount Plus for just that's one show. Understandable. I mean, look, start some of the Star Trek stuff's worth watching. Yeah, uh, Picard is pretty good. Paramount Plus um, is probably of all the streaming services. No offense, I worked at that company for like eight years, and I hate to slag Paramount? it. Paramount. Yeah, Paramount Viacom. is Viacom. Yeah, it's Viacom. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, Peacock's worse. Is it worse? Peacock's dumb. Peacock has nothing. Really? Peacock has uh, actually. I guess Peacock has uh, uh, Bel Air. That's the only thing on there that I'd be interested yeah. in seeing. That's mainly because I know someone who's in it. Bel Air. The Fresh Prince. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Got in one little fight. And my mom got scared. <laughs> okay. Let's get to some questions. That's, that's where they Thank sh- you for your review of Halo. That's though. where he should uh, he should have to present Best Actress next year remote from Bel Air. Because <laughs> that's where they sent him after he got in one little fight. It's so funny how that all... Anyway. <laughs> I've already talked about that too much with my wife over the last two days. She loves all that celebrity stuff, so we've talked about it ad nauseum, and I am over it at this point. Mm-hmm. Still crazy, for sure. I mean, certainly an Oscar moment. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I cannot believe there are people who think that was fake. I know. Like you Still, are. Still, some people think it's oh, fake. Oh, yeah, they're often crazy. Ta- like, if it was fake, the camera work would have been better. Yeah. And... <laughs> The squeaky cleanest leading man in Hollywood not have spent 20 seconds being bleeped out because he was swearing at someone I mean, on stage. there's a billion things that show you that that is no, real. There's, there's no. Anyway, anyone who believes that probably believes a bunch of other stupid shit. So. True. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's go to the chat. Uh, Liberal Hack, thank you for uh, gifting subs to people. That's awesome, man. JM Rain, thank you, man, um, for gifting subs. You guys are the awesomest. Um, liberal hack Shane any recent horror movie recommendations I have not watched any horror movies for a while actually I did just watch Dune and I was pleasantly surprised by Dune yeah Dune was really good I thought it was really good yeah Um, if somebody finally figured it out yeah they made a good Dune movie and I also just watched that movie that stars um, oh man have there been any significant horror movies there's well there's the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre but all really, my friends really watched it and good. said it was so terrible that I didn't even yeah. bother watching it. So, yeah, there haven't been any really, like, high-profile ones. And I watched that one that's set in, like, the 14th century, and it's got, um, oh, it's got the guy who plays Darth Vader as a, what's his name? Hayden Christensen? No. James Earl Jones? No. it's not. He's actually not Darth Vader. He's, uh, I can't, Thanos? I'm totally blanking on everybody's <laughs> name right now. Palpatine? No. It's he's like a honk, like all the women like him. Adam Driver. Oh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren. And he stars in this like film that's set in like the 14th century. The Last Duel. Yeah. I just watched that. 
And that, people were like, oh, it's so brutal and gory. And I was like, really? I didn't really... I mean, there's a rape scene in there that's rough. Yeah. Um, But the rest of it, I didn't find to be... No, I didn't think that was particularly good. I mean, I I don't know. I didn't think that was all that great. Yeah, Um, I didn't think it was that good either. I thought the fight... It's one of those things where they retell the same part of the movie over and over again. Right, well, it's it's, it's Rashomon. But it's like kind of Rashomon, but dumb. Because it's more... It's not... like Rashomon is like three different perspectives on the same events. Last Duel is like two idiots perspective on a on an event and then the woman tells you what actually happened yeah um and i do think that it leans on the rape a little too much as a plot point versus a well they make you watch it like five yeah, times you see a lot of it's it it's like i don't yeah. really need to see this again i do think the fight at the end is really good yeah uh yeah that's really good the duel like the actual duel yeah, yeah the actual duel is really good yeah. but like and affleck's really good like people ben affleck gets too much shit like I think he, he I, I'm not. He's. Not, I don't think he can carry a movie. And like I understand, yeah. You know, but I thought I think he does a good job with almost everything he's given in almost. Any, I think he was a. I hate the Snyder movie. He was good in he, that movie. I think he was. A, he, his part was small. Yeah, but, but he was great when yeah. he was on. Like, yeah. it was, I saw someone ask me like, what movies did I catch up on? Those are the two movies that I ca- I caught up mm-hmm. on. Um, Vincent says you can get a free month of Paramount Plus if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which I do. So there you go. Get that. Watch some. Watch the Star Trek. Uh, was uh, Strange New Worlds is coming up. So that yeah, you should you should definitely take a look at that that when Strange New Worlds hits because that is that is the Enterprise crew before Kirk. It's the original Star Trek pilot. Yeah, here's a good one for Minority Games. Shane, you ever slap somebody? <laughs> I imagine you did. Um, meaning like an open hand. I don't think I have ever slapped somebody. I've never actually open hand slapped anybody. I've hit. I've punched. I have people, punched many people. But I have, I'm not I, proud yeah. of it. But I have. I've been in lots of fist fights in my life. So, you you go you run in the scene that I run in, and you're in a pit for five hours with a bunch of people. Yeah, fist fights happen, and they happened a lot. So yeah, I've been in lots of fights. Uh, EDH four twenty Matt, based on your feelings of iteration over innovation, where does Elden Ring sit for you, and is it the best Souls game or your favorite? Um, it sits pretty well. Um, as I said before, I do think um. You know, the execution on it is pretty good, but I don't think it's particularly anything special from an open world perspective. I do not understand why people keep praising it as like the best open world ever when the only real difference between it and anything else is it doesn't have any markers. Um, I guess that counts, but you can turn those off in almost every open world game because like, man, I just did another one of those damn insta-death chariot like dungeons and like because there have been like three of those and there's like 10 freaking catacombs that all look the same with the same gargoyles in them like it's this it's copy paste shit just yeah. as much as any other open world thing and the thing i get at the end of the dungeon is just as useless to me as every other thing at the end of any other open world dungeon or or outpost liberation or whatever like it's still fun to me because i like open world so i like finding those things and going through a little dungeon and doing that i mean cool i like i'm not saying i dislike it but i am saying it's not any different than anything else i've played in that same open world realm like it doesn't doesn't do it any better i don't think it does it better than breath of the wild because at, yeah. least, at least when i find the 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 same thing in elden ring it's going to take me more like 20 minutes instead of like two minutes to do the same puzzle in a shrine and then i the thing i get at the end of the uh breath of the wild thing is going to break in five minutes yeah so, okay. um <laughs> If you're lucky, yeah, but it'll like, last five minutes. But yeah, so I don't think it's it doesn't blow my doors off or anything. I think it's very solid. I do believe that there will never be another FromSoft game that isn't open world. Yeah, no way. This is this why is their, would they go back? This is their success formula now. You're yeah. not, you know. In fact, I would be shocked if the next game is an Elden Ring too. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, there's it's no de- way they're gonna make like five more Elden Rings, yeah. Matt. 
But you sell double, basically double what you sold your other games. Yeah. You're just gonna keep making. Them. In terms of how it ranks in the other ones, um, I I think my favorite is still. I think I still put Bloodborne and Sekiro over over this one. But I do think it's better than any of the Souls games. Okay, I do like it better than Dark Souls or Demon. Any of the Dark Souls or De any of the Demon Souls, and in part because. I think it's the best magic they've ever done. I think it's you can you playing as a, as a sorcerer is the best in Elden Ring of any of the From games, um, and that was also one of the reasons I like Dark Souls too, was because the magic system let you play as a pure sorcerer more easily than one and two, um, and it wasn't an insta win thing like uh, Demon Souls was. Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah, I, I I do like it a lot, but I would still put it maybe number three after Bloodborne and Sekiro, which are and if you want to count Sekiro as a Souls game, which I think close enough. It's a FromSoft yeah. game. Yeah, it's still in the formula. It just deviates a lot more. For me, it's Sekiro and Elden Ring are my two favorites. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do. The Elden Ring definitely learned a lot from Sekiro. Like, there's a lot of Sekiro's combat in mm -hmm. sort of the sensibilities of how Elden Rings work. They're the two games I played the most mm -hmm. of all their games. The ones I could stand to play the most. So, by yeah. default, those are my two faves. So, yeah, I think I think it. In, I'm obviously not the expert. On as these the games. dust settles, I think I'm I'm pretty darn happy with it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I I I think it is weirdly overpraised in elements that like especially the open world stuff. Where I'm just like I have to chalk that up to people not really playing a lot of open world games, and just saying they hate them. But like I said, the same thing about Breath of the Wild. And I, I am also not you know I'm not looking forward to every single video game conversation boiling down to Elden Ring until Breath of the Wild Two comes out, and then every video game conversation boils down to, to Breath of the Wild Two. Uh, until the next FromSoft game comes out, and then every video game conversation boils down to whatever that game is. You know, it's, like, it's just sort of the pattern now. Mm -hmm. Like everything has to get compared to either the latest FromSoft game or the latest Zelda game. And good luck if you want to talk about anything else. Yeah. Um, Threadzilla says, would your opinion of Ghostwire Tokyo change if it were two to three hours shorter and maybe in the $40 price range? Uh, two to three hours shorter, no. That would negatively impact my impression of the game because it's not very big in the first place. Um, in the $40 price range, yes, because that's probably what it should be priced also, someone last week, when I was talking about the game, asked me what happens with the open world after you finish the game, and I had not checked. Well, I went back and checked for you. I don't even know if they're on the stream this week, but maybe you'll watch the archive. And you can go back into the open world, but it's weird. It actually takes you kind of back. Like, and I don't want to spoil much, but like, when you go back into the open world, like, you have to... There's six chapters in the game, and when you go back into the open world, you're on chapter four. That's mm. all I'm going to say. So it's weird how it handles it, but you can go back and keep going and doing the side missions and stuff like that if you want. Also, somebody mentioned in Elden Ring New Game Plus, uh, Nox Eternatus. Uh, <laughs> well, we butcher his um, name every week. Uh, reminds me, Tiny Tina does not have a New Game Plus. It doesn't? No. Weird. Which is weird. For that game. For it's Borderlands. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, but yeah, otherwise my impressions of Ghostwire Tokyo stand from last week. Um, anything else? Drifter J, I kind of want to hear young Shane stories now. I know you don't. <laughs> you have to read my book someday. <laughs> Not until the statute of limitations is up. Yeah, exactly. I think most of it, they are, but there's no statute of limitations on my reputation, yeah. though. <laughs> and there's no statute of limitations on murder. Yeah. No, I never did that. <laughs> uh, all right, last one. I mean, you knew of, uh, when Will Smith went up. That's the thing is Chris Rock forgot that Will Smith's from Philly. Right. <laughs> he did. Yeah. That was straight up West Philly stuff right there, what he did. And, Born and raised. Yeah. Not something to be proud of. No. Um, Erebus Jones, do you think Sony will 
off monthly upgrade options for the new PlayStation Plus tiers for those who buy the cheaper yearly packages, i.e., can I buy a year of Essential and then upgrade to Extra just for a month for a cost, hmm. but allow users to revert to their cheaper sub once that month expires? That's an interesting concept. I.e., can we dip into Extra or Premium without having to be on a month-to-month contract? Hmm. That's an interesting... I mean, because previously stuff like that generally worked like you couldn't... You could only add on... You could do a full upgrade permanently to your subscription, or you could add on months to the end of where your yearly ran out. Yeah. That's a that's an interesting question. I would I would think that what you're describing is a little too consumer friendly to exist. Yeah, I would also argue that most people will never think of it and would never try to do it anyway. And so I don't think Sony would try to stop it because of that. Mm-hmm. If I it think became that, a thing, then I think maybe Sony would. Yeah, I think in that situation you would probably be better off creating a new account and just subscribing for one month. Yeah, but I don't really know what that would. I mean, I guess like if you get like a three-month early God of War Ragnarok demo or something that you right. can only play through premium. Like, yeah. I guess... They start doing dirty stuff like that. Yeah. That could be bad. I mean, why else do you put those in I that know. tier? I know. Frankly. Yep. Like, I know. Not, not to cast aspersions on Sony's intentions, yeah, but, but... Uh, it, 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 you're certainly setting the board for some shady shit there. It's been so good until now, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt until they prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think that's only fair. Okay. That's going to do it for Game Face episode 294. Thanks, as always, to everyone who showed up on the stream and stayed in the chat. Great questions for Q&A this week as well. We'll be back next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services, it's on, and it's on all of them. Please leave us a review at the very least. But what we would really appreciate is if you could go to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. For just $4 a month, you get all our content early, except for Good Morning Gaming, though our patrons still get the podcast feeds of that show exclusively, which is the ideal way to consume the show. We've had some people on YouTube who really like the show, and they're like, hey, like, why is it there a free podcast feed for this? It's like, bro, we're giving it to you day and date with our patrons. Like, So if you want the podcast version of GMG, which is easily the best way to consume the show, Head on over to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. If you're broke and I've been there, you can help us out with a free 250 every month by subscribing to our Twitch channel with Twitch Prime. The instructions for that are down in the show description if you're watching the show on YouTube. So Matt, another great show. Thanks for opening up your home for another episode of Game Face. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.